Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of, of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Hakeem McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can follow them on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, find Sports on Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You don't want to catch catch the audio version of this great program? You can do so by subscribing to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Please type in the, this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media, W-A-R-R on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions, do our two-hour extravagant guests. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Makina will get them up on the screen for you. But we decide to troll and or do something stupid. I'll give it Lakina full bolt to give you fools to beer land beer boot. Bye-bye. I love what she says that. <laughs> but before we get started, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago. We are available now on Roku TV. That's right. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku television. So get up, Chicago. Get with the program. Celebrate with the squad. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap it to the sports folder and download Sports on Chicago that way. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. We know you have a streaming device or two laying around, iPad, iTouch, iPhone, your laptop, your Chromebook like I'm using right now. Just go to the go to your app store, download that Roku TV app, and you can access Sports on Chicago that way. So no more excuses. Get with the program. Celebrate with the squad. Sports on Chicago is now available on 
Roku TV. Lakina, uh, as we do every Monday during the football season, our opening hours, the NFL, Chicago Bears, NFL Power Hour. Let's kick this thing off by discussing the Bears' 27-10 loss to the Green Bay Packers last night on Sunday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers for the Pack, 19-25, 234 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones was the MVP of the game for the Packers, 15 carries, 132 yards, and a score. Sammy Watkins, where you been, my man? Three mm -hmm. catches and 93 yards for the Packers. On the flip side for the Bears, the only highlight offensively was David Montgomery's 15 carries for 122 yards. Other than that, uh, they were MIA. Lakina, who's to blame for this loss? Is it Bears offensive coordinator Lou Getze? Or was it simple that the Green Bay back Packers just are that just that just much better? Or did they just have a, a, a great game plan? We told you on Friday when we picked the Packers that even though they had some turnover on their roster during the offseason due to the contract of Aaron Rodgers, uh, they were still a good team because of number 12. But last night, they took it back to 2019 when Matt LaFleur's first year as head coach, and they got it done against a team that's still learning and growing as they try to uh, build a new culture. Well, here's some uh, some highlights courtesy of NBC and do, Peacock. Do, do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Second and ten, we'll try the inside run, and Montgomery, good bounce, good second effort into the secondary. Preston still working here in Green Bay. Second and 20. Montgomery tries to get some of it back, and he will. A lot more. He's going to get the first down. What a run by Montgomery for 28 Montgomery above 14. He gets a break. Khalil Herbert's the back. Can he do some of his own? Yeah, he can. Look at Herbert knifing through to the 20-yard line. Wow. Only in the slot. And on third and goal, Fields pressured, got away. Fields scrambles to the pylon. He tried to hit the pylon. The ball comes out. Is picked up by the Packers. But the ball hit the pylon. Was it a touchdown? Shotgun. Fields runs. Pushes towards the goal line. It looks like he's short. He is. All right. Okay. So, as like I said, thanks to NBC for the highlights there since we're the Sunday Nighter. But Here's here's my thing, and look, that last play that we saw, look, I know people were saying there was a touchdown. It didn't look like, you know, Fields got, got the ball across the goal line. It didn't look like it. He just, you know, got attacked, mm -hmm. you know, just stopped just short of it. And you know that guy over there, David Montgomery? Yeah, you know that guy that kind of helped you get to that point? You probably would not have gotten close. I know Horber had something to do with it too, but it was mm -hmm. really David Montgomery who started that. Why go shotgun when you're in, like, the three-quarter yard line? What are you doing? <laughs> like that, that that's just like, you know, that's like the one thing, you know, try to be cute, you know, gets you trying to be cute and then it didn't work. And a couple of other things. I mean, look, if you go through some of the stats, I mean, Fields did not look good. Only only passed for like 75 yards and had an interception to Jair Alexander that kind of basically ended that game. Well, this game should have been like a blowout. Had had Rogers and uh AJ Dillon not, you know, had that miscommunication with the you know, one of the passes, like even like they were like in the 25 or 23 or 24 yard line on the Bears and who knows they, they had scored them and that should not have been the score should not have been close it's that simple and the Bears like I said in the teaser they got a reality check like okay yeah they had, they had a great opening you know drive you know nice or whatever but they really couldn't put anything together after that with exception of that play they, that they didn't score so I think for me look Rodgers wasn't really Rodgers you know 234 yards two touchdowns it was really Aaron Jones you know 132 yards 
rushing and a, t- and a rushing touchdown. Sammy Watkins had some big catches. Aaron Jones also had a, a catch that kind of led that let that rally go for Green Bay, and they scored twenty one nothing in the in the second quarter. Now here's the thing for me. I mean, look, look, the defense you know, did what they're supposed to do, but they gave up some big plays. The offense, you know, they were okay for that first drive, but where were they were? You didn't see them too much after that. I mean, like I said, this is a microcosm of what this Bears team is, and everyone got. Not not everybody, but everybody got caught in the hoopla. Like, oh, the Bears, you know, they're gonna beat Green Bay and such. Well, you know what? You got knocked out a couple of notches, and they're back to being exactly what they are. So this is how I feel about the game. Like I said, I don't want to get too much into it. That they're a hundred and this is like what the hundred and fourth win you know, <laughs> for the for the Packers against the Bears. And I guess what you know, Rodgers like what twenty six and five now against the Bears, including the playoffs. So. Just the same old story, and yes, yes, Kyle Brown. I heard your comments earlier on Good Morning Football. Why do we? Uh, why do? Why, why do the Bears and Packers have to play on uh, <laughs> prime time? What you must have been reading my mind before the show, Lakina, because yes. all this stuff was about to come out of my mouth. <laughs> well, I, I heard I'll, him this morning. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, well, yeah. Just let me finish this, and you can, you can uh, do your okay. thing. Uh, well, I, well, we want we want the rest of the nation to suffer along with the rest of us. That's why. That's why they're on there, and they're not. Look, they're not. Look, the pack, the Bears are not the Packers level right now. Yes, the Packers might have you know came down a baby notch or two, but they're still the Packers. You still got Aaron Rodgers. You still got some good players on that squad. The Bears, eh? Go ahead. <laughs> Couple of the Nuggets to, uh, to wrap up from last night's loss. One to seven on third down. That's not going to get it done. Nope. Lakina, what did we talk about? Also, during the preseason and during last week's win over the 49ers, the, the least amount of penalties, playing disciplined football. Now, last night you, you tallied up 50 yards off of seven penalties. Most of it, if not all of them, were self-inflicted with uh, with the passing interference, even though the NFL officials, uh, it, those calls are skewed half the time. But now, was it like we saw the last three years under ex-head coach Matt Nagy? No. But those penalties started to pile up and – you do not want to start with those habits. They they did very well with that during the preseason. They did well with that last week in their victory over San Francisco. But those seven penalties, that's not going to get it done. And as you said, Lakina, on that fourth down play with, with Justin Fields, why is he in a shotgun? Just quarterback sneak it in. Well, he didn't have to waste all those extra yards and that extra time. Or you could have just handed off to Montgomery. He would have found a way to get in the end zone. It would have been a one-score game at that point. Now, as a fan, was I annoyed by it? Yes. Am I angry? No. But as we said before, uh, uh, Lakina, this season for the Bears, we saw them getting knocked down a couple of notches last night. This is a season in transition. These are baby steps in the, in the Bears. If they stay on the right road, they will get better by the end of the year. I know Chris Collinsworth gave them a little nugget, a little glare of hope last night on the telecast, but uh, the Bears are not where the Packers are yet. Uh, we, uh, we all know that if you uh, step outside of your fandom. So was I really upset last night? No. Now, I'm not going to sit here like you, as I said on Friday. Would I have been happy beating the Packers? Yes, but let's be realistic. They're not at the Packers level yet. We all know that any given Sunday, anything happens, and we'll get to the rest of the, of the slate in just a moment. But the Bears weren't a part, part of that yesterday. And so the defense did do its job in the first half, getting to Rodgers a couple of times, but the Packers made some adjustments and stayed with their game plan. I didn't know what the hell the Bears' game plan was offensively after that first drive. It just simply disappeared. 
Well, I think they caught the Packers off guard in that first that uh, that first drive, and I think they made the adjustments. You know, credit to the Packers for making the adjustments. You know, on their defense aside, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't think the Bears knew what they were doing. And if you saw, if you heard uh, Justin Fields' comments afterwards, he basically said that that I don't know which I think it was like that that sh- that shotgun. It was like a game that it was like a play that was changed in the last minutes. Mm-hmm. So now we're back to sort of like the oh, the, your quarterback has no clue what you're running or what they're doing. So that's not a good sign. And yes, there's a new scheme and a new system that he's learning, but at the same time, though, he should learn like the gist of it by now. So again, this is we're back to kind of being where we started. And uh, and no, uh, look, our 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 guy Vernon Fairley, what's up, Vernon? Uh, you know, stepping in, you know, as he usually does. You know, guess he doesn't get it, doesn't get it. You know, he's surprised did say that he owns the Bears. <laughs> he's surprised did say, <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think he was being you know, very sort of you know facetious in his comments if he saw heard his uh, interview with Melissa Stark after the game. But it's sort of one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, okay, like I said, yeah, the Packers, they, yes, they've been knocked out a couple of notches. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is not, okay, yeah, they don't have Devontae Addison, but they still got some good players. They got, you know, Aaron Jones. He was a big part of what happened. You know, he basically ran all over that Bears defense last mm-hmm. night. You didn't hear, we didn't hear Robert Quinn's name, maybe like a couple of times. I think he had one sack. We didn't hear Will Cross Smith's name. Was he there? I, I like I, I you know, we didn't hear we didn't hear Mike Trigo call his name all game long. So I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of things that I think I like I said before, I think this was definitely a reality check for the for the for Bears and their fans. You listen to Second City Sports on a football Monday for the first hour of the football season. This is our Bears NFL Power Hour. If you have any questions or comments uh, about the Bears or about the rest of the league, which we'll get into in just a minute, you all you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Money earning Mount Vernon checks in again. Says Bears fans should not be smack talking again until they beat the Packers. Well, it's going to be a long time before that happens. But in a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, as well as I do, Lakina, next Sunday they'll host the Houston, Texas at Soldier Field. Lovey Smith, the former Bears head coach, will be rolling into town. If the Bears beat the Texas next Sunday, they'll go two and one. Uh, some of you fans who will be talking again, but like, but like Vernon said, I'm I'm with them. Uh, you have to beat the Packers first. People say that this is a rivalry. I know it's the oldest rivalry rivalry in the league, but it's it's been a one sided rivalry since we we were kids, Lakina. So uh, the Packers just have our number. Like like Vernon said, the Bears should be talking smack about the Packers until they start being the Packers on a regular basis. Now, let's uh, if you still have a comment on the Bears, as I said, go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. And type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Let's re- start reviewing the uh, the rest of the games from yesterday, Lakina. Let's start off in the state of Ohio. The Cleveland Browns had a big lead on the New York Jets, but they failed to hold it. The Jets come back to beat the Browns 31-30. Joe Flacco, that's right, Joe Flacco, uh, going back to the fountain of youth. 26 of 44, 307 yards, four touchdowns. Nick Chubb for the Browns carried the ball 17 times for 87 yards and three scores. And rookie wide receiver for the Jets, Mr. Garrett Wilson, eight receptions, 102 yards and two scores. Yeah, and our shout-out to our buddy Spiro Deeds with CBS. He and uh, Jay Feely got a, got another thriller there where you involved in the Browns yes. this time with the Jets. And it was sort of one of those games where – they were, uh, I mean, uh, they were, they were down. I mean, look, to, to the Jets, you know, to the Jets credit, they stayed right there with them. Once, you know, the, it kind of went back and forth, especially in the fourth quarter. It was just, the whole thing was just crazy. If you got a chance to watch, I got a chance to watch the tail end of that game. And they scored, uh, you know, two touchdowns. within like, what, like three minutes? 
I mean, which mm-hmm. is crazy. You know, Garrett Wilson was a big you know, part of that rally for them, along with, of course, Flacco. This is Flacco's first rodeo, so you know, he knows what to do here. And you know, the Browns blew a 13-point lead. I mean, that that's you know crazy in the last in the minute, last like minute, almost minute and a half. <laughs> so yeah, you know, they had you know, teams had had won the last 2,229 consecutive games when leading by a by at least 13 uh, points in the last two minutes. The last team to blow that lead were the Browns in week nine of 01 versus the Bears of all teams. So, you know, <laughs> the Mike Brown it. game. <laughs> right. That was the Mike Brown game. So, uh, yeah, uh, look, the you know, Jets are one and one. I think the, the reality is kind of starting to set in for the Browns. And I, I mean, look, Brissett wasn't bad. I mean, but mm-hmm. he wasn't you know good either. I mean, you know, Nick Chubb did what he usually does, you know, you know, rushing for three touchdowns, but it kind of felt like the defense sort of let the, let the, the Browns down in the end. Like I know Clowney yeah. was hurt and, you know, he had to, you know, he had to leave the game. I think like about halfway through the third quarter, but you know, it, it's a little nutty. Yeah. This is going to be the theme for the rest of this hour. What happened? <laughs> Keep <laughs> it up with of that what theme. happened. Yep. Speaking of what happened, the Detroit Lions are one and one. That's no typo, folks. The Lions are one and one. Dan Campbell and crew, after holding off the Washington Commanders 36 to 27, Carson wins for the Commanders 30 of 46, 337 yards and three touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown, the star wide receiver from the Lions, two catches, uh, the two carries rather for 68 yards, but he had nine catches for 116 yards and two big scores. Rookie. Defensive lineman uh, Aiden Hutchinson from the University of Michigan uh, sets a Lions single-game rookie record with three sacks. Three sacks. I saw that. I saw a little bit of that game, and I like just uh, he was the reason why they you know they kept the, the Commanders' offense at bay. I mean, golf. Mm-hmm. Jared Golf you know, threw for four touchdowns, and it was sort of one of those games where you're kind of like if you were sort of waiting and waiting and seeing if maybe the Commanders can take control of this game. It looks like you know by the third quarter they scored 15. You thought that they would. But in the end, I mean, you know, the, the Lions defense especially made the plays when they had to. And they, and they also made some plays on offense. So, look, I mean, the the, the Lions, they could definitely – look, I'm not going to say they're going to be part of the uh, the playoff chase. They're not going to be chasing for a wild card <laughs> spot. But I am – I will say that don't put them as an easy win. You know, I'm talking to you, Bears, uh, Chicago yeah. Bears. <laughs> exactly. I, I had this game won on my uh, – my computer and I was watching a White Sox a game on the other on my big screen. We'll get to the baseball next hour. But as we talked about Lakina coming into the season, I didn't have the Lions as a playoff team either. I know they won three games last year, but they are a much improved football team. And you saw that yesterday. Jared Goff, uh, let's not forget about him. He had a good game too. He didn't not he did not turn the football over and their running game was not as effective as it was the week before when they came up short against Philadelphia. But it, it was nice to see the Lions actually play a, a full a game yesterday. Let's get one more game in before we break for the bottom of the hour. And we had fisticuffs, fireworks, <laughs> and everything else in between. The New Orleans Saints hosted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday in the NFC South matchup. The Saints, uh, it was Lakina style of football, as I used to say, the 1970s, 80s type, type, so, ooh, type football. Say that five times fast. Yeah, like uh, the Saints, just like I did just now, tripped over themselves. <laughs> uh, the Buccaneers came back to beat the Saints 20-10. to 10. There was a big fight between um, Mike Mike Evans, the, the stud wide receiver from the Bucs, and LaShar Lattimore for the New Orleans Saints. Both of them got ejected. We'll break that down in just a minute. And if the sound does not turn off, I'm going to 
break this screen. But regardless, <laughs> famous Jameis Winston was 25 for 40 for 236 yards and a score for the Saints. Leonard Fournette, who came into training camp for the Bucks out of shape, he had 24 carries for 65 yards. Chris Olive, the rookie wide receiver for the Saints out of Ohio State, had five catches for 80 yards. Yeah, it was three three for like three quarters. That's how that's how kind of how bad it was. It was sort of like I felt bad for Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson because they had to kind of call you know that you know, that you know, this type of game, and then mm-hmm. they started kind of you know getting you know going when when Mike Evans and Marshawn Lambert got into that fight. And, you know, both got ejected. Uh, it came across the crowd. Cross the wires right before we got there. That Evans is suspended. He is now appealing that one game suspension. I think you know them more just got got fined. But mm-hmm. look, I know some people say you know Brady got some calls, and that might be true. But mm-hmm. is it the rest fault that Jameis Winston threw three interceptions? Like that. That's and also too, Alvin Kamara didn't play either, so that that unfortunately mm-hmm. didn't help that offense either. So they couldn't really get it going. And you wonder that I think you know Brady showing you why he's still. You know, right there, and the, the defense sort of like were the reasons why you know the Bucks won this game. Yeah, so both teams are now one and one on the season. As we we, we well, I think we all picked, the Saints. Sorry, the Saints are one and one. The Bucks are two and zero. Oh. Like you know, we all thought that the Saints would do the same thing like they did the last couple of years that Brady has been a part of the Tampa Bay Bucks organization. But they got to him, like you said, the first two and a half quarters. But after that fight, uh, things started to turn around for, for the Buccaneers in their favor. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens with the Saints going, going forward because they have a tough matchup next week. Lakina, we have to break for a quick two and two. When we return, we'll review the rest of the games from yesterday's schedule and we'll give you our Quick preview of the tonight's double header of Monday Night Football. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. The Earth is 70% water. And 30% land. The entire sky belongs to us. Body in a work zone. It's someone, somebody. This is my mom. She works for KDOT. This is my dad. This is my mom. This is my daddy. This is my sister. <laughs> this is my daddy. This is my son, Scott. He was killed while working in a highway work zone. When you drive through a work zone, drive like a life depends on it. Because it does. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. 
Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, live and in love and color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. This is our Bears slash NFL Power Hour. If you have any questions or comments about the Bears and the rest of the National Football League, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Let's review the rest of the schedule from yesterday, Lakina. Let's go to East Rutherford, New Jersey. The New York Giants are 2-0. That's right. It's not a typo. The New York Football Giants are 2 0 after escaping with a 19 and 16 win over the Carolina Panthers. Daniel Jones for the Giants was 22 of 34 for 176 yards and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey ran the ball well for Carolina, 15 carries for 102 yards. And the stud wide receiver from the New York Giants, Richie James, had five catches and 51 yards. Lakina Baker Mayfield is 0 2 with his new team. He is now 2 7 in his last nine road games. Also, to the Panthers are the first team to allow go-ahead 55-plus yard field goals in the fourth quarter or overtime in a consecutive game. So not the kind of set you want if you're a Panthers fan. You probably thought that there was a little bit of promise there. You lose a heartbreaker to the Browns against Baker's former team. Then, you know, you were right there. And then the Giants, you know, made the plays. They were able to, you know, for, you know try it. You know, Graham Cano's uh, 56-yarder that helped propel them in that win. So, you know, unfortunately for the giant for the uh, for the the pants, I should say, you let a couple of uh, opportunities slip away from you, and these are kind of. I'm sure the seat's getting a little bit warm over there for Matt Rule and the Panthers. Not as far as the Giants, they're two and zero. We'll see. I mean, they really didn't have to do too much. I mean, look, you know, George didn't make any mistakes. You know, Saquon Barkley did what he's supposed to do on the Russian side, and mm-hmm. look, Graham Gano had four field goals, including that game winner. So, not the like I said, not not the prettiest, but you'll take the win if you're the Giants. <laughs> the Steel City, where we go to next, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, blew it in their whole opener to the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick, or Bill Belichick, as I call him on the show, they get it done on the road with the 17-14 victory. Both teams are now 1-1. One and one. Mac Jones for the Patriots, who came into the game with a back injury. He was 21-35 for 252 yards and a touchdown uh, the, for the New England Patriots. We have Damian Harris with 15 carries, 71 yards in the score. And Nelson Aguilar for the Patriots had six catches, 110 yards, and one incredible catch for a touchdown. Lakina, I did check out some of this game yesterday. Uh, the New England Patriots, they didn't look great, but they did what they had to do to win, capitalizing off of the Pittsburgh's mistakes. Mitchell Trubisky, he didn't look good, but he wasn't just the only reason why Pittsburgh lost yesterday. Yeah, they didn't for they weren't able to force Matt Jones, you know, to kind of throw it a little bit more. And this is when this is when you know they missed TJ Watt. I'm talking about the Steelers, so that that didn't really didn't help them either. You know, Trubisky had that open opener opening drive that you know that he threw an interception that didn't help. Najee Harris didn't get the ball much, only carried 15 times for only 49 yards. That's not going to win you a lot of games. So. You know, the game plan, I know they tr- they tried. I mean, you know, Steelers you know, had a chance to try to tie it and force overtime, but they just couldn't do it. And, you know, and unfortunately, like you said, this is when they missed T.J. Watt. So, you know, I'm not going to say the Patriots are back. I mean, they got a little sneaky win there, but, you know, we'll we'll see what happens in the end of the, you know, tour- or we get you know, closer, more and more in towards the season, I should say. And guess who, the pit- who picked the Patriots on our show on Friday? Your surely did. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but we'll move on. 
Uh, let's move on to the uh, southern part of the state of Florida, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, shout out the Indianapolis Colts, 24 to nothing. The Jaguars earned their first win of the season. The Colts are now 0-1-1. Trevor Lawrence with a bounce-back game for the Jaguars, 25 for 30 for 235 yards to two touchdown passes. James Robinson ran the ball well for the Jags, 23 carries with 64 yards and a score. And for the Indianapolis Colts, Asher Dublin, uh, Doolin, I should say, had five catches for 79 yards. Where was uh, John the Taylor yesterday, Lakina? Matt Ryan, <laughs> he got lost. Yeah, three interceptions for Matt Ryan, probably his worst game, at least you know, so far. I don't know if this is probably one of his worst games, but definitely his worst game as a Colts as a Colts so far. And this is the third time that you know, since 94 that the Colts have been shut out in the, in the game. All three of those times have been in the hands of the Jags. You know, week seven, 2017. Week 13, 2018, and, and on mm -hmm. Sun yesterday. So I don't know if the Jags, I guess they have their number for whatever reason, but I mean, they didn't, you know, Ryan looked like, you know, the rookie and Lawrence or second year guy, and Lawrence looked like the veteran. You know, had two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, James Robinson had a, a touchdown, a rushing touchdown. Of course, Christian Kirk, who they signed, you know, from Arizona, had, you know, both those touchdown catches. So I, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, do they admit, I guess they miss Shaq Leonard that much. But, you know, if you're a lot of people, including uh, myself, you know, pick the Colts to win the AFC South, you make me look bad so far, you guys, you know, oh, one and one. I mean, I don't know. Is it just like, you know, Jonathan Taylor, you know, a lot of people are wondering, you know, and not just, their, you know, folks fantasy teams, but people are wondering, like, why didn't he get the ball much yesterday, especially mm -hmm. when Ryan wasn't, it, it just wasn't his day throwing wise. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with the Colts going forward. The other game of the day from the early slate was the Miami Dolphins coming from behind to beat the Baltimore Ravens 42 to 38 to a tongue of Belova was 36 to 50, 465, 69 yards and six scores, six touchdown passes. Lamar Jackson for Baltimore, their stud quarterback, nine carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill showed up. 11 catches for 190 yards and two touchdowns for Miami. Jalen Rodel, my guy, because he's on my fantasy team, got the game-winning touchdown with 14 seconds left. Lakina, I turned into this game for a couple of minutes early. Baltimore was up 21-7. I said, they got this game. So I turned and watched the Sox and watched some of the other early games. But um, when it was past 3 o'clock and I saw the score, I got the alert on my phone. I said, let me turn to this game. And Baltimore's defense, at least what was left of it, they couldn't hang on. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, this is a cute little thing here. What happened? I mean, this is sort what of. What happened? Like, so, well, we'll get to them when we get to our studs and does. But, you know, Lamar Jackson was the leading rusher for them. 119 yards, a touchdown. They need J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins back, and they need him, like, now. Because mm -hmm. if he's your leading rusher, that's going to be a problem. And you depend on they depend on him when they were up by that big margin and they weren't able to move the balls. You know, they tried to throw us a great Roman. You're going to be on my doghouse again. <laughs> uh, once again, you're a little early in the season for that. But, you know, it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, this is good. This is probably going to be one of those losses where if it comes down to tiebreakers and they're right there in the playoff hunt, this could come back to bite in the butt. I'm talking about Baltimore. Look, Tua, yeah. you know, he threw her six touchdowns. Look, you know, matching Dan Marino and Bob Greasy, two Hall of Famers for the most in the game in Dolphins history. You know, he came to second guess to do that. You know, it says 1950s, says Pat Mahomes did it a couple of years ago. But let's also remember, I want to warn folks, Mitch Trubisky uh, threw for six touchdowns, too, in the game once. Okay, so <laughs> let, 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 let's pull your roll on that one. But, again, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to our studs and does. But 
I, I don't know what happens to the, the you know, to the Ravens defense. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and be like Stephen A and say they should be ashamed of themselves, but they need answers. They need answers quick. I, know, I think I don't think Marcus Peters uh, didn't play. I know. Look, Marcus Williams did what he could as a rookie, but Marlon Humphrey, where were you? Hey, you know the guy Tyreek Hill? You might want to <laughs> try to catch that guy. I, I'm just saying. So yeah, you would think, but well, but the, the but Baltimore. Uh, they they blew it yesterday. You blew it <laughs> as the Dolphins come from behind to beat them yesterday. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color and Sports All Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Let's go over to the late games. As I told you before, we started uh, going on the air. These late games were drunk yesterday. We were about to go through every single last one of them. First of all, let's start off at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The Rams uh, barely hang on to to defeat the Atlanta Falcons 31 to 27. The Rams were up 28 to 3. The Falcons had a block a punt for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They also had a couple of receiving touchdowns in there as well. Uh, for the Rams, Matthew Stafford 27 36, 272 yards, three touchdowns and also three interceptions. Darrell Henderson for the Rams ran the ball 10 times for a touchdown and 47 yards total. And Cooper Cup, my guy, he's uh, he's on my fantasy team. He had 11 catches, 108 yards and two scores. And a fumble yeah, yesterday. Yeah, actually, I turned this game off when you know, they were up, but then they started coming back. I actually turned it back like right after the block punt. So that kind of yeah. got the Falcons back in it. And, of course, Stafford mm-hmm. threw two interceptions. So that that didn't help their cause either. Thankfully, it was Jalen Ramsey's interception you know, from Mariota that kind of sealed that win because they were actually – they were moving the ball, the Falcons were. So, mm-hmm. you know, they got – they were able to get out of that when the Rams did. So they kind of had to sort of claw their way and hang on. But – you know, it, it, it's fine. I mean, look, it's not – look, you're not looking for style points. Just get the win. And, look, I'm sure they'll make their adjustments. But this should have been a blowout. They were off for 10 days. So, I don't know what happened there. But, you know, you, you'll take the window if you're a Rams fan. You're a Rams fan, I guess. Yeah, the Falcons scored 20, 24 their 27 points in the second half, including 17 in the fourth quarter. Uh, to fall short. The Falcons are 0-2. The Rams are 1-1 on the season. Let's go up the coast to Santa Clara. The San Francisco 49ers get the 27-7 win over the Seattle Seahawks, but that's not the main story. The main story is Trey Lance, the, the second-year quarterback, uh, suffered an ankle injury yesterday. He had to uh, be carted off the field. His ankle was in an air cast. Jimmy Garoppolo stepped in and held the fourth down for the 49ers. On the flip side for Seattle, Geno Smith, 24-30, 197 yards in a pick. For the San Francisco 49ers, there is stud running back Jeff Wilson, who takes over for, for the injury, Elijah Mitchell. He had 18 carries for 84 yards. And Tyler Lockett for Seattle, nine catches for 107 yards. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, the the quarterback draw that got uh, Lance hurt, you know, injured his ankle. That that's that's not good if you're if you're the 49ers. But at the same time, though, aren't you guys glad they didn't trade? You, know, you didn't trade Jimmy G. You know, he mm-hmm. came in, you know, let him down to a touchdown. And look, I mean, you know, the defense did their thing. They're supposed to. They caught a couple of interceptions. I think. Look, this is sort of indicative of what that Bears loss was a fluke. Sorry, guys, but it was. <laughs> and then you know Jimmy G was able to kind of you know get you know hold down the port port and whatnot. So look, he did what he's supposed to do. And look, the 49ers, I mean, Seahawks are probably in that high, you know, coming off a short week. They had to travel, you know, everything else that you know to mm-hmm. come from that high from upsetting Denver last Monday. So I think that might they might have a little bit of a hangover from that. But you know, I think if you're the 49ers, you're starting to kind of see that okay, maybe they are, maybe they are a contending team now with Jimmy G as a, as a starter. 
Yeah, shout out to our guy Jason Palmer from What's Up Cuz. You can catch him every Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. He says, don't be turned off my team, Sid. We ain't never out of it. Fins up. I know he's a big-time Dolphins fan. So, it, Jason, unlike our team here in Chicago, enjoy your win yesterday. Uh, your guy, Jalen Wilder, the stud wide receiver, helped me out on my fantasy team yesterday. So uh, I'm not going to throw shade on, on the Dolphins just uh, like that. So enjoy the win for, for what it's worth. Let's continue now. Let's go down to Texas. The Dallas Cowboys uh, hold off the Cincinnati Bengals in an ugly affair, 20-17. to 17. The Cowboys got a, a, a field goal as time expired to hold off the AFC defending champion Bengals. For Dallas, uh, Mr. Rush. Cooper Rush was 19 of 31 for 235 yards and a touchdown. Joe Mixon, 19 carries for 57 yards for the Bengals. And for Dallas, their big performer out of the wide receiver spot, Noah Brown, had five catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. Six sacks that Joe Burrow was sacked. He was sacked six times. And it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, this is this has been the problem. You spent all that money. You know, upgrading your uh, O line, it's not it's not working right so far. You know, Michael Parsons <laughs> had two of those uh, two of those sacks, and you you wonder you know they kind of you know they kind of let him hang around hang around a little bit. They made the adjustments, but it wasn't enough. You know, Bryn Mayer uh, had a chip shot field goal to win it for the Cowboys, and of course, I don't want to hear people say, "Oh, the Cowboys are better off with Cooper Rush." No, look, no, they're not. The Cooper Rush is you know serviceable and you know can hold down the fort. So. It, let's not even you know go there, but uh, yeah. So it was like an interesting game that kind of got down to the trenches and uh, was actually ended up being an exciting finish. Yep. So Jim Nance and Tony Romo, then they had to sleepwalk through that game yesterday. The fourth quarter got interesting. Let's go to Denver, Colorado. The Broncos and Russell Wilson's home debut in front of the Orange Crush Nation. They got the job done, but barely beating the Houston Texas sixteen to nine. Russell Wilson was 14 to 31, 219 yards in a touchdown. For Denver's running game, Javante Williams had 15 carries for 75 yards. And Corden Sub, the right receiver for Denver, their stud um, catcher, had seven catches for 122 yards. Yeah, they were booing uh, Wilson, I guess, after that interception that he threw. And this was a pretty ugly game to watch. So that's why I didn't bother watching it. I mean, it was field goals, battle of the field goals until. Uh, you know, to the Broncos, you know, kicked that up a notch, and you know, Wilson was able to you know, lead down the field for a touchdown, uh, end up being the go ahead touchdown, and end up winning that game and adding a field goal there. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, not pretty, but you know, you, you take the win if you're the, if you're Denver. And but you know, look, Houston, you kind of let a couple of chances slip away, so I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah, but, but Broncos, a nice first win of the season for them, and uh, their Texas are now 0 1 and 1. Uh, real quickly, Kim, before we move on to our last game of the day, I was thinking about you watching that game yesterday. It was ugly. As I said, you always like those 1970s, early 80s of style of football, 96, 10 to 6 type games. And that's where it was headed for, for a while. I know that uh, McManus, the Denver kicker, he helped me out big time on, on my fantasy team yesterday. So I was uh, excited for that. But I was watching the halftime show with Boomer and Sizer and, and crew. For that game yesterday, and I thought he brought up an interesting point. Everybody wants to talk about why Wilson Wilson is not getting it done and uh, what's going on with Denver. And he also brought up Matt Ryan of the Indianapolis Colts as well. He's uh, Boomer Sizer told an interesting story. He said he, he got traded to a couple of teams later on in his career. He said it takes time for uh, quarterbacks uh, and new uh, receivers and new teammates to get adjusted to each other to jail, and that's what we see going on with it with our team with the Bears right now. But well, he said, give Russell Wilson 
and Nathaniel Hackett, the new head coach, a couple weeks, a couple more or weeks, and, and they should be fine. So he said, I know what Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan are both going through, and I think they'll be fine. And, and, and that's the, you will hope if you're a Denver fan that this thing, this thing would turn around because they did run the ball well yesterday, but uh, Wilson's passing was not on the mark. Hopefully they'll get turned around and turn around quickly. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I look, Denver, you know, look, they're a pretty uh, aware uh, sports fan. So I don't know. I mean, they may give them a couple more games, I guess. But if this still doesn't look good, I mean, you know, I'm sure, you know, Denver people are not going to be very happy now into the last game of that slate. Probably the most uh, craziest uh, one, probably <laughs> of the day. You got the Cardinals being the Raiders. The Raiders what happened? Were, yeah, the Raiders were 23 <laughs> points and they scored 20, you know, 29 on the answer. I've talked about the. The, the Cardinals did, and uh, it was clearly mm-hmm. 22 in the in the fourth going into overtime. It was you know Byron Murphy Jr.'s uh, uh, scoop and score that you know propelled that. You know I, Isaiah Simmons actually hit uh, Moreau uh, from the Raiders, and you know mm-hmm. that that tossed Moreau from the Ravens and Raiders, I should say, and that you know got the scoop and score from Murphy Jr. and you know celebrating. And look, I, I warned folks. I said, look, watch Kyler Murray. You know. Have like a uh, you know two you know go for two or three <laughs> touchdowns or something, and that's exactly what ended up happening in the fourth. So you know, look a big win for the Cardinals, a uh, 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 another uh, tough one for the Raiders to swallow. And speaking of that touchdown game winning touchdown by Murphy, I saw your tweet yesterday, and our good friend of the show from WBBM, uh, Dave Kerner here in Chicago, uh, uh, tweeted at, uh, tweeted at you. What was up with that brother with the with the pink suit chasing him down the sidelines? I, I it's don't know. that old school TV show. What's happening? Reruns trying to chase down that truck <laughs> at, in the opening credits. I, give me my twenty dollars. Come back. Come back, yeah, brother. I, give me I that football. Know. Come back. Yeah, I don't know. I got, who, yeah, I don't know who that it's was. It's like he's trying to chase down the bus, the CTA bus. Come back. I got my venture card. Come back. I'm here. <laughs> oh, I uh, have had that moment a couple of times, but uh. Yeah, I don't know who that was in that suit that was you know, running across. You guys saw the, uh, the the replay. Yeah, I was running with uh, Murphy and the rest of that defense. But look, I mean, prior to that, I mean, you know, Marquise Hollywood Brown had a had a catch that right there that could have set him up. He dropped it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, Dylan you know, Ward. I mean, look, I, I look, I look. That was a good you know awareness to kind of you know hit the ball and kind of plugged it mm-hmm. from him. But you got to make that catch. But luckily, yeah. his defense, he owes defense dinner now, too. So, <laughs> yes, yes. So, the Arizona Cardinals, as you mentioned, Lakina, they get it done 29 23 in, in overtime. The Raiders are 0 2, and the Cardinals are 1 1. We have a couple minutes left before we break for the for the top of the hour. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Before we get to our quick preview of tonight's Monday Night Football doubleheader, who are your studs and duds from yesterday's action? We'll start with your duds. Oh, we'll, oh, we'll do a duds first? Uh, okay, we'll do duds. I said studs, but if you no, want to do duds, duds first, that's no, fine. You said, no, you said duds. I didn't remember what I you did. said. I did? Okay. Yes, All right. Did. Yeah, well, it's no, up I'll, to you. You want to start it with well, duds? No, go we'll, ahead. Well, no, we'll do the good stuff first, but uh, okay. I'll say I'll say Arizona. If you had them on the money line, you're pretty good because each of the last seven times the Arizona have been a road underdog, it won. Mm-hmm outright so it's now time with the 80 81 seattle for the longest win streak as a road underdog in the super bowl era you know nice win by the defense hollywood brown you owe your defense uh dinner to uh dinner yesterday this week to, <laughs> to save you from you know being the sort of like the dud uh on the other side uh cooper rush i'll say cooper rush from the cowboys i mean 
look, I mean, he showed you know, last for a couple of times last season that he actually can hold down a fort, and he did just that 235 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, to kind of help you know, the, the, the Cowboys swap these so called, you know, the quote unquote mild upsets. Um, and I'll, I'll say, uh, you know, the, the Miami's offense, uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa and uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Hill, especially uh, Waddle and Hill, you know, they each uh, had 160 receiving yards on the same day. This is the first time that Dolphins have done that with 150 plus yard receivers since. Yeah, go all the way back to the damn Rio days with Mark Clayton and Mark Duper in 86. So, and also man, too, we were kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. Going on the way back machine there. Uh, like I said, I'll say my my bonus, uh, bonus dud, I'll say the Detroit Lions. I mean, they're, they're this, this is going to be one of those, this is not your, your father, or grandfather's Lions teams. They're going to be, you know, slugging it out. So you're, 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 all teams are going to be facing them this season. You better be ready. Yep, my three studs real quick. Joe Flacco from the Jets in the victory over the Browns. Tua Tungvaloga with six touchdowns for the Dolphins as they come back to beat the Baltimore Ravens. And I will give my third uh, stud award to Cooper Cup for the Los Angeles Rams. All right, a good one there. Also, he said, uh, our buddy Lamont Scott says it was like Arizona says Aiden Wilson that was running. I'm like, wait, he's wearing he wears a suit, like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's, a, that's a little bit off, but okay. Uh, all right, I guess we may have a, a mystery solved there. But going on the flip side to our does, who are your duds, Sid? Real quick, my does, uh, this, uh, the Seattle, the entire Seattle uh, Seahawks team. Uh, I thought they would lose yesterday, I didn't think they would lose like that, so they'll get my first dud. My second dud, the Indianapolis Colts. What happened? He got shut out by the Jaguars. And we all, me, Christine, and you, we all picked the Colts to win on Sunday. I went against my better judgment. That's what I get. So I'll give it half a dud to me. So the Colts and the Seahawks are my two duds. My third dud would will be uh, Mike Evans and LaShawn Lattimore with that goofy fight yesterday. It looks like it's going to cost Mike Evans right now one game. Mm-hmm. I know that right really goes back between those two the last five years, but what he did yesterday, I know he was trying to take up for his teammate Tom Brady, who LaShawn yeah. Lattimore got in, in Brady's face, but face, yeah. but he has a history of doing this stuff every once in a while, and that, that's not good. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta be smarter there in those situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, my duds, the Bears. What were, what were, you, what were you doing after that t- uh, t- opening touchdown uh, drive? What, what, what was happening there? What, what were you? What was your game plan? And listen to the comments afterwards from Eberflus and Getsy and Fields. I didn't like what I heard, so. That that's a whole different situation uh, there. Uh, Houston uh, not going for the win, I guess. Like <laughs> okay, uh, a couple of those couple of times where you probably could have went for the win, you could have sealed the game against the Broncos, but you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, Baltimore, thanks for nothing. Yeah, giving up what twenty eight points in the fourth? Really? We had that game one defense. What happened? <laughs> Like well, I know. Like, I know Piers is out, uh, and whatnot. I know they got a couple other guys out, but I mean, come on. I know Piers. You know, he just come back from injury and such. But you know, come, come on. Like, what, what, what the hell happened? Calais Campbell, where's the pass rush? Yeah. Or yeah, Tyreek Hill leaving him open for for the, for a couple of t- and Waddle too for like one of those touchdown catches that he had. They left him wide open. What happened? <laughs> Yep, so those are our studs and does from week two. Now, week two co- concludes tonight on ESPN and ABC with the Monday Night Football doubleheader at 6.15. Tonight, we have the Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo Bills. Titans on one, the Bills one and oh. And on ABC at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, the Minnesota Vikings will travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Both teams are one and oh. Lakina, 
who well, who did you, for those who missed our show on Friday? Shame on you, first of all. And number two, who you have for for both contests tonight? I forgot. Shoot, I forgot just a quick who I had. I think I had. Uh, I think I have. I have Buffalo for that first game. It's gonna be interesting to see how the defense responds to uh, Derrick Henry. Is is he gonna be shown more? So I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. That's going to be an interesting game to sort of, you know, look out for there. I know that um, the Bills are, are heavy, heavily favored and, and whatnot. So we'll see that what the, uh, the, the Bills defense does to uh, Derrick Henry and that Titans offense. And, look, we all know the Titans are, defense is very opportunistic. So if you're Josh mm-hmm. Allen, you better try not to make as little mistakes as possible and uh, let your running game do the, do the talking for you with that first game. Now, as far as the second game goes, I think I picked Minnesota. I think no, I think I picked Philly. I, I might got to go back to the list to it, but I think I picked, picked Philly. But again, I think the key is going to be who's going to make the less mistakes. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, who's going to make less mistakes? I guess. You know, will Dalvin Cook? I mean, will he get the ball a lot more? You know, going down the sideline. I know that uh, you got AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson. That should be an interesting matchup there on the receiving side. So this should be mm-hmm. a phone. I, like, I, I think is 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 is, is uh, Joe and Troy doing this one or are they doing the first one? I'm, I'm trying. Well, I, have to I look think they doing one. the second one. We'll one, check, okay. but I believe they do the second one. Okay, the Vikings and Eagles. Okay, yeah, that's probably going to be the better games game. But yeah, this should, should be pretty interesting, entertaining uh, games here, especially since it's going to be we're going to be having three of these uh, starting next season when the new TV deal kicks in. So yeah, real quick, uh, the Titans for me can Ryan Tannehill play against a, a a better defense with the Buffalo Bills? Well, we'll see what happens with that. On the flip side for Buffalo, I want to see them run the ball well without Josh Allen. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that in the second game for the Vikings. We all we all know that Kirk Cousins cannot play uh, consistently in prime time. And on the flip side for Philadelphia, can they get their running game going? I want to see what Jalen Hurts does in that run pass option. Can he continue what he did last week in their victory over the Lions on the road? Should be some interesting games. Also, want to do a, a real quick on my bonus dud uh, NFL Sunday ticket. I, I I feel bad for those folks who uh, had to uh, get have their feeds go down. During uh during those uh yep. those uh pivotal uh moments of some of those games. So I think it got I think it got better like as it got closer and closer towards the end of those that noon slate. But uh mm-hmm. I thought it's such direct TV. Come on, direct TV. I know this is your this is your last year uh doing that, but uh yeah. Uh sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, that was horrible. That was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead as you're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. When we return, we had baseball to talk about Lakina, the White Sox. They can step on their own two feet. They can bring us back to reality, but they just won't let us go. And that's this, that's what happened over the weekend in the Motor City. We'll get into that. We'll get into the rest of Major League Baseball. We also had to break down week three of college football. Northwestern, what happened? <laughs> and we'll get into uh, WNBA. The Las Vegas Aces are your new WNBA champions. And we'll have old school tv monday salute you guys are gonna like this one today and plus a whole lot more i'm sid that's lakina you're listening to second city sports we're live in living color right here on sports zone chicago Anything in that building?
there are a few who move toward the sounds of chaos. Ready to respond at a moment's notice. And when the time comes, we are the first to move toward the sounds of tyranny, injustice, and despair. They are forged in the crucible of training. They are the few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. We have less than an hour left of this extravagance we call a sports talk radio show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And don't forget, you can catch Sports Zone Chicago. We are available now on Roku TV. Lakina, let's kick off our number two of this fabulous program for our Monday by discussing some baseball. Let's start off with the White Sox. They are 76 and 71. As I said before the break, they won't let us go, Lakina. They won't let us go. They're currently <laughs> a three and a half games back of the Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians are playing the, the Twins and wrapping up their five-game series in Cleveland right now. The score in the bottom of the third, the Guardians lead the Twins by the score of 4 nothing. Josh Naylor, remember that name back in the uh, Monday night game back in May when he had two big home runs? Uh, he hit a three-run shot and to, uh, to blow that game open for the Guardians right now. As I mentioned, the Guardians lead the Twins. 4 nothing bottom of the third in Cleveland. Lakina, the Tigers uh, snuck out with a win on Friday in extra innings, but the Sox took care of business on Saturday in extra innings. And yesterday, they looked like the Sox that we saw last year. It was about damn time. But Friday's oh, yeah, game, took, yeah, it, it took Friday's game irked me took because. Four months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> took four months to get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Jose Abreu had that big hit on Friday to tie the game at two. You just couldn't finish him off. But, but Saturday's game, uh, they blew it open a little bit. But yesterday's game was sweet. I was like, where is that on Friday? <laughs> well, look, I mean, let's, well, we'll be honest. And I mean, the, the Sox probably could have lost that game, too, on Saturday. And sure enough, my my theory was right. They're probably going to lo- win two out of three. And that's exactly what happened. You know, they win two out of three. And look, mm-hmm. you gain a half a game. Bravo. You're like, what, 18 and four against Detroit. Yippee. Yo, good for you. Uh, I mean, look, you know, this is look, look, the Sox are like, I'm, I, I'm at that point where I'm, the Sox are in the pay no mind list for me, because look, I know, look, Miguel Cabo, he'll get his opportunities. I guess he'll get some interviews with some, uh, some of the, the manager opposites. They'll be opening up soon, I'm sure. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, you, you beat, you know, you beat the, you know, the Tigers two out of three, eighteen and four. You got, you got, to, got 
look, you got you start a big series tomorrow at home against the Guardians, who are going to be who are playing right now as we speak. You know, the Guardians are four nothing against the Twins as a finish up their weird like five gamer, but that's a different thing. But look, okay, great, you're three and a half back. Okay, I'm I'm supposed to care because what you look like the Sox. Okay, we've been through this movie the last five months. You know, if they show a little bit of promise, then they show you why they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. So I have nothing else to say. I don't want to go into this long tangent about it, but that's all I got to say about this. I mean, okay, yeah, okay, look, I mean, Eloy, you know, you had a couple big home runs. Okay, fine. You know, big grants, a couple grand slams. You know, Andrew Vaughn, okay, yippee, mm-hmm. good for you. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> you hit against a, I mean, look, look, look what, 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 what do you want, what do you want from me? Like, I, I have nothing to say. Because, like I said, I actually hope when they don't make the playoffs, just so that I'm begging Cleveland when they come here, please put them out of their misery. Put me out of my misery. This team is really <laughs> I, – I don't care anymore. I don't. I'm sorry. Well, we have a role reversal in this show. I was supposed to be fired up. <laughs> Lakina's taking my spot. <laughs> you got to love it. You got to love it. But for, for the White Sox, this is now or never, and I'll leave you with this. Dylan Cease, even though he hasn't looked well in his last couple starts, he starts tomorrow. Lance Land starts on Wednesday. And Johnny Cradle, who was supposed to start over the weekend in Detroit, didn't feel better. He will start on Thursday. So you got your three stud pitchers going for the Sox. This is now or never. Lakina, you may get your wish, but it's going to come at a cost. So you had to beat those three stud pitchers from the Southsiders. Well, be interested to see. Yeah, be interested to see. But look, I mean, oh, okay. Well, look, I, I think it's going to be one of those games where, look, you, you won't have to. Well, you're gonna be you're gonna be facing their their third pitches too, uh, Sid. So the White Sox are. I mean, you know, yeah, they Chris McKenzie, I think, goes on Wednesday in yeah. Shane Bieber, I believe Bieber on, on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't said who they're gonna face in that opener yet. So we'll just see mm-hmm. who they go with there. But yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. Shane Bieber on Thursday. Thursday, okay, yeah. So and then they have. I think they have not announced whether or not who's gonna be pitching tomorrow for them. So we just to see what happens with that one. But oh, but okay. Okay, good. I'm in proven mode with this White Sox. Prove to me that you deserve to be in the playoffs, White Sox. That's all. That's all I gotta say. And it's supposed to be cool too for for those days too. So it might be the defense that you know that and pitching might sort of be the key here in this series. We'll see what yeah, happens we'll, there. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. It's now or never for the Sox. They have to sweep the Indians. They have to win this series. We'll see. They're up to the task. They have the three best pitchers going. I know Michael Kopech is out uh, perhaps for the year with his injuries, but uh, this is it for the Sox, Lakina. Uh, if they don't win this series and uh, sweep, uh, then uh, you can start throwing the dirt on them. We said this on Friday, and you, you saw what happened. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with the Sox and the Guardians. They start the series on the south side tomorrow. Three night games, folks. It's three straight night games at 7, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Sox on the south side. Our guy Lamont checks in via Sports on Chicago's Facebook page. The Sox are like that ex-girlfriend you keep answering the phone for. <laughs> it's a must be is a must be from experience or something like that maybe i don't know <laughs> is he speaking, are you don't put that man's personal business on the street like that <laughs> are you speaking from experience okay yeah because i haven't had an ex-boyfriend <laughs> I, I haven't done it to a guy and i haven't had an ex-boyfriend that to me thank goodness so knock on wood but uh maybe maybe so i mean i don't know like, like i said you know they gotta sweep the guardians no there's no if ands or buts about to get make you know to put them like right there and have a shot at the you know, division now going to the cubs mm-hmm. I mean, yo, of course, they sweep the Mets, but they lose two out of three to the Rockies. I, I you know, unfortunately, the, the bats didn't work for the Cubs. 
I, I don't know what happened there. Uh, you know, it was just one of those days where the bats didn't show up for the Cubs. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I mean, that the pitching was actually pretty solid. They just didn't get any run support. And they lose two yeah. out of three to the uh, the Rockies. They're now 60, 62 and 84. They start a series against the Miami Marlins uh, starting tonight. I, I mean, like the race for 70 is still on, but you know, you gotta beat the, you gotta beat the bad teams and hopefully they can, you know, take care of business against the Marlins starting tonight. Yeah. They're eight wins away from doing that. They're still, I believe a game above 500 or at 500 since the all-star break. So we talked about this before. Uh, they are playing some good ball in it. In it. And it so happens that it, there's no pressure on them because, like you mentioned, their record, they're nowhere near a playoff chase. But you have to give David Ross, the manager, credit for having these guys motivated and playing fundamental sound baseball. Like you say, it didn't happen this weekend offensively because the Rockies were that much better. And speaking of the Rockies, did you check out there? I know uh, we didn't have her on the show, but I know you mentioned her before. She used to work with the Braves. Now she's with the Rock- Rockies. Miss Kelsey Winger, did you check yes. out her post? On social media from yesterday, the Colorado mm-hmm. Rockies uh, rookies uh, went to local, I believe, Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, their rookie mm-hmm. duties was to buy uh, the, the the veterans coffee, donuts, and things along that line. They walked in, uniforms, dressed in all, and they paid for the tab for the rest of the patrons uh, in that store. It was in the store at sweet. the time, and so they had to they had to give the rookies had to give the veterans uh, their coffee, their donuts, and things along that line. I thought that was awesome. If you haven't seen the video? Check it out on social media. Yeah, to have Kelsey's uh, social media. You know, it was a really sweet uh, moment of uh, some story. So that was actually really cool. But yeah, I mean, look, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, I know uh, Contreras is back. I think he's supposed to be uh, back this mm-hmm. week. So hopefully that gives you know the 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 Cubs that little extra oomph that they need to kind of get the offense going and get to seventy. And I think that's sort of like the the the, the bar that's being set now for the Cubs. So we'll see if they can do that now. Well. Yeah, well, I'll I'll say what we'll I'll start with what come my come my this weekend in MLB. Uh, of course, you know the Astros you know, clinching the uh, AL West for like I think they're the fifth straight year. I mean, they've won eight mm-hmm. of their last ten. I know Justin Verlander came back with a vengeance. Had you know twenty five strike you know twenty five strikeouts in his last couple of starts. And zero runs during his three game span. Looking mm-hmm. pretty good, sort of, you know, giving Dylan sees a run for for his money for the AL Cy Young. We'll see what happens. Probably going to be a two between those two guys at this point. Uh, also, Albert Pujols. Yeah, what about Valdez? Valdez, oh. he has 25 consecutive um, starts mm-hmm. of, of six innings, of pitching six innings or more. I think it's between him, Verlander, and Cease. It's, that's your three-man race for the American League Cy Young. If, if he could, if, I mean, hmm. Had a little bit of a slow start earlier. He's been, you know, getting it together as a late, you know, in the second half. I think he's so. a better candidate than than Verlander, his teammate. <sighs> mm-hmm. I know Verlander has the great comeback story of uh, of Tommy John, and, and up until his recent injury, he, he was pitching well. But Valdez, as of right now, he has the, has the better resume. <sighs> You know, yeah, you know, yeah, you probably are right. But if we're going mm-hmm. by just name recognition and the story. Like maybe that's probably that's probably what's gonna give Berlin the especially if he has a nice last like three or four starts and whatever he has. I mean, if Valdez, look, if Romer Valdez can kind of somehow you know, have you know, just blow everybody out of the water, he's last his last few starts, he can probably sneak in there and get it. I mean, if anything, it, it happens with Cease. I mean, Cease and Berlin, uh, Valdez and Verlander uh, could uh, split the votes since they're both you know play for the Astros. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that that could get get Cease a shot to probably get in there, but he has to they take care of his business and such. So. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see, but uh, yes, but uh, a good showing by the uh, Astros, you know, as they clinch the AL uh, West again. Uh, Aaron 
does uh, 59 home runs. You know, hit back to back over the weekend. And also, mm-hmm. even better, the Yankees won both those games. So they're trying to keep the uh, keep Toronto you know, three out of you know, two out of three. Uh, they can try to keep Toronto at bay. That's going to be a proven to be a tough task. I mean, they, and they needed that because they lose two out of three to the Brewers. So now mm-hmm. they're five and a half uh, up on the Blue Jays. They're still like breathing down their necks as well. So yeah, Toronto took care Rays. of Baltimore this weekend and then yeah, north of the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, the Rays are still right there too. They they won their they won their series uh, against the Rangers. You're winning two out of three there, so mm-hmm. still lots of figure to decide in that AL East. But uh, yeah, so uh, almost right near sixty for uh, for Mister Judge. But you know, I think the Yankees are more more about the division at this point. Yeah, our girl Lamont checks in via Facebook. Comeback stories should not win the Cy Young, but his name might get get it for him. Um, so he's talking about Justin Verlander. So. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. We still have uh, two two and a half weeks left of the regular season, and so it's going to be uh, a fight to the finish. Now let's go to the National League East. Lakina, uh, the Phillies. Uh, even I think they'll get into the playoffs, but they had a tough time down in Atlanta over the weekend. But the New York Mets, they take take care of the Pirates after being swept by the Cubs around this time last week. Jacob DeGrom was part of that series that got rocked by the Cubs last week. He had a great performance yesterday, striking out 13 batters through six innings. Also, P. Alonzo joined, has joined out of our pause. The only players in MLB history to you know hit three, 35 home runs, have 25 doubles in three of their first four seasons. He did definitely help propel them in that do what you're supposed to and take care of business against the Pirates. You know, do what you're supposed to do there mm-hmm. and kind of you know, trying to you know keep you – know, Keep yourself at all from the Braves. You know, they're still a game up, but that might come down because they actually face each other again. So that might come down to that last meeting. So we'll see what happens. Also, to the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers, uh, they, you know, two out of three against the Giants. 50, they're, they're finished 15 and four against the Giants this season at their best record mm-hmm. against them in a season. Yeah, all the way back to 1899 when they were 10 and two. 1899, I actually thought. Nope, that's not a typo. 1899. So we're going back about you know two seasons. 1899. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, yeah. So that, that's interesting. Uh, a little, a little litmus test there. So look, these last couple of weeks of the season is really going to come down to like execution with a lot of these teams, especially in the wild card uh, mm-hmm. chase. You know, the Blue Jays are up and on the AL side, but the Mariners, they, you know, but then Baltimore being swept, that didn't, you know, they that didn't help them. So. I mean, I unfortunately, go... I mean, I mean, well, look again. I mean, Baltimore is still right there, you know, for that. This this could be a game between those four teams. They play, you know, they they win, you know, they lose two out of three against the Blue Jays, so that's not going to help them in the wild cards uh, front. I want to go back to the National League. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, I asked this question: Who, in your opinion, is the best uh, team in the National League? I had the New York Mets. You had the Dodgers. Do you still feel the same way today? Yeah. I mean, look, like I said, look, the Mets have to okay. show me. The Mets have to show me. They gotta show me if that that for me to change my mind. So I don't know what else to tell with you know, with the with the Mets, but yeah, losing, you know, being swept by the Cubs didn't help your cause. So their cause, I should say. So you'll know, have to wait and see what happens with that one on the National League side with the wild card. You know, the Braves are running away with it. You know, with the, that that top seed, you still got the Padres and the Phillies and the Brewers. You know, they, you know, it's going to be between those three teams. So those last, I two think the spots. Brewers are done. I really do. I know they won two out of three against the Yankees, but I, I, I think they're done. I'm talking about the Brewers. So it's going to be for the wild card. It will be the, you know, it'll be the Braves, the Phillies, and the Padres will get that last spot. Yeah, the Brewers are well ahead. So they'll, they'll, they're in 
mm-hmm. unless they go completely collapse. But so yeah, it's gonna be between the Padres, the Phillies, and the Brewers. There's still only two back in that last that's the last look. That's one of the views of having three wild card spots. You know, you got you mm-hmm. still got a shot if you're in that fourth spot. So, you know, there's still two games back, so that they'll have to wait and see. Looks like they you know, I don't know, but Again, it's gonna be interesting to see what because this is gonna this look this is kind of like around the time you got two weeks left in the season. It's gonna be around the time when things should start to kind of like you know sort of spiral and circle around a little bit. There's some big series coming up with some of these wild card teams, so we'll have to wait and see there. Now going to the schedule for this week, of course, you know, of course, uh, the the Guardians over you know, the Minnesota has cut that lead to so Guardians is now four to two. You got the Mariners trying to keep pace in that wild cards. Yeah, what happened <laughs> this weekend? Yeah, I know they got swept. Yeah, I know they got swept. So eh. <laughs> they're wrapping yeah, up the yeah, series. They got swept the Angels. Angels. Yeah, they're wrapping up the series. Hopefully, they can salvage that series against the, the Angels because that's that's not good. You no, know, losing to one of your rivals, but you know we'll see what happens there. Um, what's the Cubs and the the Marlins and Houston and Tampa? You know we'll see how how you know, up Houston is for the games. So they already clinched the division. Tampa still trying to keep pace with not only the Yankees but also the Wild Cards uh, chase. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Detroit and Baltimore. Baltimore trying to keep pace there after losing two out of three to the Blue Jays over the weekend. Uh, Nationals and Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's still trying to you know try to still keep up with the Mets. They're only a game back, so we'll see if they can do. They'll take care of business against the Nationals, the Mets, and the Brewers. This this is probably going to be when we'll we'll see if the the Brewers don't. Don't win, uh, don't at least win their series. Then you could probably say that they're done. So, but yeah. the Mets, they still trying to, you know, they're because, like I said, the Braves are breathing down their neck. So we'll see what happens that series starts. Uh, the, the Giants and the Rockies, and, uh, the Arizona and Los Angeles. We'll see where the Dodgers are at that point. They're, they're still trying to uh, get that get that top seed overall. So that, that'll be interesting to see. Well, Dodgers still have a lot to play for. In your schedule for Tuesday, the rest of the series that starts tomorrow, you have Toronto and Philadelphia, big series for, for both teams. As both teams are involved in wildcard races in, in their respective leagues. The Pittsburgh Pirates would pay a visit to Yankee Stadium to take on the Yankees. And you mentioned the Mets and the Brewers, the Angels and the Rangers. Well, no one cares about that. You have the Cardinals and the San Diego Padres. They'll start their series tomorrow. A big series for both teams. The Padres, as we mentioned, they're they are currently holding now that there's wildcard spot in the National League. The Cardinals are trying to hold off the Brewers, which they will uh, in the NL Central race. And for Thursday, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule. Fox Saturday Baseball will be on Thursday again for this week. Your games are as follows. As we say in the broadcast industry, check local listings for gaming times in your area. Most of the nation will get Yankees and Red Sox. Of course, the Red Sox uh, are stepping on their own two feet. They're, you can say bye-bye to them for the playoff race. You'll get the Red Sox and Yankees, or you'll get the Braves and the Phillies. Both games will start at 6.15 Central Standard Time on Thursday night. So that's your baseball on Fox for Thursday for the second week in a row. Yeah, Minnesota and Kansas City, that's still a big series because Minnesota's still trying to keep pace with the, the Guardians. So And plus, they also play the Sox, too, a few more times. So they can yeah. still, they might have a say on who wins the AL Central, and they, they still got a chance to win it, too. So. Yep. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. Lakina McGee and Sydney Brown with you as we uh, finish up our baseball talk. Now, who now, since we got a few more minutes before we go to break, who is your MVPs for both the AL and the NL as of September 19th at 1.23 p.m. Central Time? 
It's a little bit tougher in the National League, but I'm going to go with Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals. We all know that St. Louis is not known for too much of their offense. I know what Albert Pujols is doing. He's getting closer to career home run number 700. But Paul Goldschmidt, I'm going to go with a sneaky pick for the St. Louis Cardinals as far as my NL MVP. I know Freddie Freeman is still knocking at the door for the Dodgers. You still have a couple other guys as uh, as well. Probably Pete Alonzo for the Mets as well as a really outside candidate. But I'm going with Paul Goldschmidt in the National League. In the American League, is hands down Aaron Judge. I mean, look, Goldschmidt, I can see your pick, but Noah Arenado, his teammate, may have something to say about that. He's in the top 10 in all the offensive categories. He's still right there in a lot of the other ones. And I think he might sneak in there and maybe take some most away from Goldschmidt. That's why I think Freddie Freeman is probably sneaking. Yeah, that's why I think Freddie Freeman might sneak in there and probably win it again. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time someone's won it with you know two different teams. So, mm-hmm. I look. I mean, it's sort of one of those things where I think it's still pretty much wide open. I think these last few weeks. That's why I I think you know Freeman might pad his stats even though his team's already clinched the division. So again, this might be one of those things where maybe Goldschmidt. I mean, the numbers are a little bit better than Arenado's, but again, mm-hmm. since they both play in the same team. They that might, you know, that might split the votes a mm-hmm. little bit with some of them, some of the writers, but who knows what the writers are thinking? You never know what the baseball writers are thinking. So that's why I think Freeman might sneak in there now. And the AL, you, you think it's that simple? You think it's gonna be a I think so. Tani going back to back? I'd like to have Aaron Judge. It's that simple for me. No, no disrespect to Shohei Atani, but the Angels are terrible. I know he's putting up some uh, numbers again. Not almost, but close to what he did last year. But is Aaron Judge for me? Uh, let's be honest, Lakina. Uh, what did we say before the beginning of the season? Him and John Carlos then both had to stay healthy for the Yankees mm-hmm. to uh, do what they're doing right now. now I know John, John Carlos got injured in the middle of the year. He's back now. But Aaron Judge, had, uh, during, the, during the various points of the season, has carried this Yankees team. Uh, you, we talk about the injuries to not only John Carlos Sam, but Matt Carpenter as well, and some of the other guys, Andrew Benettini, who they picked up from Kansas City. Aaron Judge has been that guy that's carried this Yankees team. And let's let's not forget, Lakina, he's looking for some fresh paper at the end of the season. He's he's mm-hmm. betting on himself. He's gonna get a nice bit fat payday too. Yeah, we already did the whole thing with letting have Otani win with all the numbers he had, but he's in a very bad, you know, <laughs> mediocre team. So that's why they judge just because it's been a while since the Yankee has won these uh, the <laughs> MVP. So that might help him a little bit there. So I think it's probably going to be judged too. But like I said, it you know it's going to be these last few weeks. It's good. That's going to be the key. And I I feel like that's going to be sort of thing where can he get can he get to sixty or sixty five? I'm talking about <laughs> Judge and perhaps maybe kind of separate himself from Otani and what he's been doing. So. We'll see what happens there. Now, when we talked about the AL saga, what about the NL saga? Who do you have there? Do you I I think Alcantara, Sandy Alcantara from the Marlins, but the only problem is that they're not very good. So like yeah, that, 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 he was the first name that popped in my head, but unfortunately, like I said, the Marlins are not very good. I know they were flirting around five hundred through uh, parts of that first half of the year, but I'll uh, just just for the sake of conversation, I, I, I'll I'll go with. Uh, with Sandy for Florida. I know you still have Tony Goslin and Anderson from the um, Dodgers. Uh, they're, they're having nice years as well, trying to keep that injured uh, starting rotation of the Dodgers together. But I'm going with Sandy from, from the Marlins. I think you know, Julio Ruiz might have to say about that. I think Max Free might have some pride, I should say, may have something to say about that just because their mm-hmm. teams are winning going to the playoffs. 
I know that that's not really the case. Although we saw what you know what happened with Andre Dawson, you know, like years ago in '87. But mm-hmm. at the same time, though, A-Rod I think, too. We was with Texas. Yeah, A Rod. Yep, we was with Texas. Yep, we sure did. You know, back you know, his second year in the league. But I, I don't know. I mean, I think that could that be taken into account? Could that not? I don't know. But you know, mm-hmm. be addressed to see. I mean, like it's like I say, it's going to be these last few weeks. It's going to be the thing that you know. I don't know. That's it's gonna be. It's really gonna depend on how these last two games are gonna, you know, gonna shake out. And I think that's gonna be sort of like the thing that's gonna really gonna find out like who is gonna be like that person is of winning it in the on the NL Cy Young side. Yeah. Now, now in the American League, like we talked about um, in the beginning of this segment, you still has Dylan Cease uh, hanging around. Tomorrow's start is definitely going to be important for him, not just for himself but for the team as well. Justin Verlander, we mentioned his comeback story uh, from Tommy John a year. A plus ago, um, Framer Valdez, the left-hander from the Astros, his team, Verlander's teammate, 25 consecutive quality starts as an MLB record. That has to be in consideration as well. I know Shane McClanahan for Tampa Bay, he was injured for a little bit there the last couple of weeks, but he's still hanging around. But mm-hmm. me personally, is Valdez from Houston, Dylan C second, Verlander third. Hmm. Like I said, it's, it's really going to be the last these last couple of weeks. That's going to be sort of like the, the mm-hmm. key here. If either one of them struggles, I think you know it could somebody else could sneak in there. If C struggles, you got to think Verlander or Valdez could sneak in. If Valdez yeah. you know has a great you know last you know couple of starts, he's going to have that. That's look. Like I said it's really going to come down to the last few weeks, especially since some of them are going to be playing like you know rival teams, especially with C's. You're going to be he's going to be playing Cleveland. He's going to be playing Minnesota. I'm sure he's probably going to be one of the stars for the Padres series too. The Padres are still right there in the wild card in the NL side, so that's exactly. it's really going to it's really going to depend on like you know how you do the rest of these these last few weeks. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, um, with all these teams in the playoff chase. That definitely helps as well, well with the voting. But as you said before, who separates themselves from the pack? Who's going to step up to help their teams make it to the playoffs? Who's going to have those individual individual performances that's going to impact their teams? We'll see what happens as we get, as you mentioned, we're into the last two full weeks of Major League Baseball. Lakina, two and two time. We got to cool off, but. This is the last segment coming up. We definitely got to finish strong. We got to review week three of college football. We got to get into some other sports uh, news and nuggets. And we have our old school TV Monday salute. You guys are definitely going to like this one. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Old Chicago. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of Dodea. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Got it done here. Ouch! And we're gonna make sure you live this time. Ouch! <laughs> You're not gonna get me this time. Ouch, Manny! Whoops! Try an easy one. Yeah. I face one of the toughest challenges of my life right here. I couldn't swim. But I can still hear my drill instructor today. Don't quit. If you quit now, you'll always quit in life. Go for it. So I jumped in. Unsure, apprehensive, and scared out of my mind. But I came up a Marine. Welcome back to Second City Sports, real live and in living color on a Monday edition of, of the program on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena McGee on the IG. Let's get, we have less than a half hour left of this extraordinary program we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us during any of our topics during today's show, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's review week three from this past weekend of college football. Number one, Georgia gets it done in South Carolina, beating the Gamecocks. 48 to 7. We're not surprised by the score, are we? I'm not. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I mean, I know we always you know, feel like the fighting Shane Beavers, but, you know, unfortunately, I think Georgia's showing you why they're the defending champions, and now they're the new number one. They should have been, you know, as early this season, but it's a whole different uh, thing. Sessa so Bennett might be right up there in the highest race. Uh, you know, passed for 284 yards and two touchdowns and had a rushing touchdown just, you know, the defense for Georgia, a lot of people thought with Jordan Davis, some of the other guys leaving, a lot of people thought that maybe, you know, maybe they wouldn't be very good or they'd be, you know, not great. Well, you know, they've only given up 10 points. You know, they've given up seven or fewer points in each of their first three games of the season for the first time. You got all the way back to 1954 and their 120-point advantage, you know, point margin, I should say, is the second 
best in AP history since the you know, 1936 since the AP poll was established. So dominating so far. Again, we'll get to, we'll see as they get to the end of the, the, end of the season, but it's looking pretty good for the uh, for the Bulldogs at this point going in the you know, into the SEC uh, going right into the SEC uh, play. Speaking of another potential Heisman candidate, Bryce Young gets it done for the Alabama Crimson, Crimson Tide, 13 of 18, 236 yards to three touchdown pass passes as the number two ranked team in the nation. The Crimson Tide defeated UL Monroe, this is the University of Louisiana Monroe, 63-7. Yeah, I had a couple of uh, interceptions that weren't really his fault, but you know, I think he's definitely it's difficult to be his to lose. I think you know the Heisman wise, but you know. Look, you know, a nice showing. You know, doing what they're supposed to do against a team like a UL Monroe. Yeah, let's go to the Big Ten. Uh, big wins by both teams. Number three, Ohio State. Uh, they dominated Toledo at the Horseshoe, 77-21. to C.J. Stroud, another possible Heisman candidate. 22-37, 367 yards and five touchdown passes for Michigan, ranked number four in the country. They get it done in prime time on Saturday night. Shutting out UConn, 59 to nothing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought that they were going to kind of sleep through, sleepwalk through this game. I mean, I guess you could. I mean, it is UConn, but you know, look, you know, Blake Corum had uh, five touch, five rushing touchdowns. That's the most by, uh, you know, somebody from Michigan that is tied with Hassan Haskins. You know, from, from last <laughs> season actually, and also Rod Johnson from nineteen sixty eight for the most in a single game in Michigan history by a Michigan running back. I mean, I think you know Harbaugh had like all his quarterbacks play. <laughs> of course, you know McCarthy got the start. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> Kate McNamara got in there today. Like, I think they had like everybody. They did all different kinds of schemes. I mean, look, you're, you could do that against a team like UConn that's still in rebuilding mm -hmm. mode. So not really a big surprise there. But yeah, they you know give them credit. They didn't sleep walk through, and uh, as they get ready to uh, you know to start conference play, Clemson uh, beating uh, La Tech, you know, forty-eight twenty. I mean. Again, look, this is like the you know, the the past, you know, few years, you know, Clemson with Trevor Warrens and uh, Travis Etienne and that that group, but you know, they're starting to get better. DJ Yogla is starting to get better through for a couple of touchdowns, so they're starting to kind of get a little bit better. You know, I think you know things starting into a rhythm here. Uh, Did you see Dabo Sweeney uh, before yes. the game running out of the tunnel? Looked like he was trying to catch down a CTA bus. Yeah. Hurry up, come back, come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those bit, well, you, he always runs like that when he, they have we're at home. They want that the rock, but you know that's a, that's a whole different thing. Uh, the big noon Saturday, uh, it wasn't a big noon Saturday for uh, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, they had a, a nice opening drive uh, for the touchdown, but that. What did we tell you on Friday, Lakina? How is Nebraska going to going to respond um, uh, after that? Uh, at, because you know they were going to come out with a with a uh, with passion and emotion. Responding to uh, Scott Frost being fired, Oklahoma was the better team. How was Nebraska was going to handle it after the first ten minutes of the game? After that initial touchdown, they were dead. Yeah, Mickey Joseph, you know, had this, you know, led out to the field. That was the first to get the first black head coach to do that, but that was pretty much it. I mean, uh, Dylan Gabriel had two hundred thirty uh, touchdown, uh, <laughs> two or three yards and two touchdowns. I would have been correct too. Go through two hundred thirty yards, but it was Eric Gray who had a nice showing there, one hundred thirteen rushing yards and two touchdowns. And uh, yeah, they were. And uh, unfortunately, Gus Johnson was uh, uh, under the weather in the second half, so Joel Clutt had to do uh, uh, both play, play and analyst. Of course, Brady Quinn would, would join him like you know later on in the third quarter, but. I would I would have loved too if I were him. I mean, like my goodness. That, you know, <laughs> you know, look, look at the Nebraska team, but they actually got rid of their coordinator, so uh, they fired yeah. the coordinator right after the game. So that's all. But I would have loved too if I were Gus Johnson. But hey, 
Uh, you, number seven, USC Trojans. Uh, they dominated Fresno State 45-17 for, for, for the USC Trojans. They're still quarterback Dylan Gabriel. This, oh, not, not Dylan Caleb Gabriel. Williams. Sorry. Caleb it was um, Caleb Williams. Yeah, sorry for that, <laughs> for my computer screen jumping there. He was 25 of 37, 284 yards and two touchdown passes. Yeah, nice showing by him. He's starting to kind of get into the Heisman uh, conversation as well. But it's actually the rushing uh, guys, Austin Jones and uh, Travis Dye, uh, combined for 222 yards and two touchdowns. I think that's the first time that's happened in like, like four years for SC. So mm -hmm. Leah Riley got some, got some of his guys going. So their defense still needs a little bit of work, a little bit. We heard a girl, uh, K River, K Ron, uh, News with USC grad. You know, we'll see as they start getting into it. You know, they already are 1 0 in a Pac 12 play by beating. Stanford, but you know, we'll, we'll see as we get into the season. But it's set up for USC to kind of be right there in the in the race for uh the the playoffs. So we'll see what happens there. Okay, stay doing what you're supposed to do to a teenager you're better than mm -hmm. they dominated Arkansas Pine, Pine Bluff 63-7. Kentucky shuts out Youngstown State 31-0. Arkansas, you know, had a little bit of a kind of had to kind of scrub, you know, and you know, scratch and claw their way through against yeah. uh Bobby Petrino and his uh, Missouri State uh Bears, but they did just enough to win a KJ Jefferson, who I think a lot of people, you could probably say he's kind of right there in the Heisman chase, threw for 300, 385 yards and a and two touchdowns. And also rushed for a touchdown as well. So, look, you did what you're supposed to do. I mean, look, they, they, it was close for a little bit, but, you know, they kicked into gear in the fourth quarter, and, you know, you saw what happened uh, there. Um, what about Washington? The Huskies, they're 3-0. They upset Michigan State 39-28. For for Washington, Jalen Polk had six catches, 153 yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah, wasn't expecting that performance from Washington, but you know, look good for them. I know Michigan State didn't have their uh, their top running back, but look, I mean, you know, the Huskies dominated from the start to finish. I mean, those are those last 14 points were more like garbage points because you know they were sort of like in the middle of there. But you know, Michael Penix Jr., you know, of course, the transfer for Indiana had four uh, touchdown passes, almost yeah. threw for almost 400 yards. Uh, he did, and uh, it was really the defense that kind of propelled them too in that game as well. So it was look. I mean, Washington looked, looked really good. They're three and zero now, and look, they've got a they've got a nice thing going down, down there. We, could we see like the the glory of the the Huskies again? We'll see. Yeah, with the glory of Nate Robinson. <laughs> Before that, you're you're, you're okay. Oh, uh, you know, I'm being silly. Uh, same with West Coast football. Number 25, the Oregon Ducks, they get it done, dominating BYU, who are ranked number 12 in the nation, 41-20. Oregon dominated the, the pretty much the entire game. They dominated the first three quarters. BYU scored 13 points in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't nearly enough for, for BYU. Uh, Jaron Hall had 305 yards and two touchdown passes, but it was big-time wide receiver Troy Franklin for the Ducks. He had three catches for 84 yards. I did check out some of this game. Shout out to Jason Benetti. Uh, he did a great job as usual for Fox. Uh, I was disappointed, Lakia. We did get some scoring points, but Oregon was dominant throughout the whole game. Yeah, Bo Nix had a really probably his best game of his career. He threw for two touchdowns, 222 yards. Also rushed for three touchdowns. Didn't make any mistakes. Thank God. If you're if you're a Ducks fan, yeah. thank the Lord you didn't make any mistakes. Thank God. But it was really their defense. I mean, they they slowed uh BYU down and that crowd. That crowd, Eugene, that they, they were rocking. So, uh, yeah, I think that propelled uh, Oregon and that upset, upset win again. You know, doing air quotes, upset win against uh, BYU. They were they were the underdogs in that game. So, 
good for you know, Dan Lemon his you know get his team ready for that game. I'm sure they felt disrespected because a lot of people didn't think that they could do it, but they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Kyle Field, uh, Texas A&M. Uh, Beat Miami. This is like one of those. Hey, I was disappointed, Lakina. I expected more score. I expected Miami's office to show up. What happened? Where, 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 what happened there? I mean, Tyler Van Dyke, I mean, you know, it wasn't really his fault. Yeah, you know, he threw it 217 yards, but you know, a lot of it was pedestrian. I mean, they didn't look, they didn't look good. And look, they, they had their chances, Miami did. So I don't know they did. what the heck happened. I don't know what happened. Can't blame the their defense that kept them in the game, but the, they just couldn't they get did. nothing going offensively. Yeah, Max Johnson uh, threw for a, a touchdown uh, after his struggles, uh, you know, after being, you know, the starter. So, you know, there was a little bit, you know, back and forth there. But, you know, he you know, got in and, you know, did his thing. And uh, so, you know, I look, I don't know what happened with that with uh, with Miami. I thought, I guess Miami's not back yet, I, I guess. So, you know, I don't know what to say there. But, you know, I don't know. Utah dominated San Diego State uh, 35-7. Bounce yeah. Back. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that was, was going to say. Yeah, Tennessee, number fifteen ranked team in the country. It looks like they're back. They're three and zero, two zero at home after blanket act uh, after shutting out Akron, sixty three to six. We talked about this the last couple of years, Lakina. Remember Tennessee during the glory years of the mid mm-hmm. to late nineties and the early two mm-hmm. thousands. I remember I asked you a couple of years ago, when is Tennessee coming back? Are, in your opinion, do you think they're back now, or you still want to see how they do in SEC? Play? I mean, look, they've they've got some great talent on there, so it's not, you know. I mean, I I, I think this is sort of one of those things where you're kind of wondering, like they've got, but they've got the the talent, they've got the you know, sort of like the depth there. Josh Heupel, you know, this is his third year, he's doing, you know, this is probably could be like the feel the time where they're turning the corner. They've got a lot of big time recruits. Uh, uh, Hendon Hooker, you know, it's probably one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. They've got a great running attack as well, so we'll see. I mean, they they gotta they gotta they gotta face you know, Alabama, they gotta face Georgia too. So that that could be sort of the thing mm-hmm. where they might. We'll see if they really are back, but that should be interesting to see what happens at Tennessee as they go on through the season. NC State had to hold off Texas Tech, but they did just that. Baylor with a nice bounce back win after they lost to BYU, forty-two seven. Florida again. They had a scratch and clawed away against South Florida. But I saw about five minutes of that game. Yeah, the South Florida Bulls had their chances, but you know, Florida barely, like you said, barely held on at the end. Like like just like like by that much, they were able yeah. to kind of uh, pull that off. Uh, let me see if I get my oh crap, my I went a little too far there on my uh, computer screen here as we're opening up here. Of course, Texas, you know, again pulled away from uh, UT San Antonio. The Roadrunners, beep beep. Uh, Wake Forest, you know, talk about talk about a thriller. That was a thriller too. Uh, they had to hold off Liberty, uh, 37, 36. I saw a little bit of that game on uh the, the ACC network. I should say they they really had to literally hang on against the Flames because they were like right yep. near right at them. So, but look, you do what you're supposed to do. You know, you you get pushed, you get pushed against the wall, and you're able to uh propel them, and they're able to come back. Yeah, another game that I was looking forward to, but it disappointed me in terms of the competitive edge. It was number twenty two, the Pitts. Penn State Nittany Lions, they get it done in the state of Alabama. They destroyed Auburn 41-12. Nicholas Singleton runs for a a 54-yard touchdown score. He had 10 carries for 124 yards overall in in two touchdowns on the day. Lakina, we talked about this before. Penn State, uh, they they get it done against big teams, but when it comes to big 10 playing, play, you have to shake your head. But I'm really, this is really more about Auburn. They had their quarterback problems the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and they really had nothing going Still. on on Saturday. 
still having quarterback problems. I mean, now, I know Finley Strong, I think he got hurt, and then and then they, they brought up Robbie Ashford in. You know, he got it going, but then he started making a mistake. Mm-hmm. So, but that that twenty nine point uh, win is tied for a second large second largest win over SEC team by Penn State. Uh, the last time you know they had that win was against Auburn in the ninety six Outback Bowl. I remember that uh, that game very well. I was disappointed in that game too. It was the only <laughs> SEC win came in against uh, nineteen seventy eight against uh, Kentucky too. By that was my third. That was when they were independent at that point. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on at Auburn. I mean, the last few years has been ooh, not very good. So hopefully they can you know get it go they can get it going again. I I mean I know that. But the talent just isn't there right now at Auburn. So I don't know. I mean, you know, Brian Harson, I think this is the second year. So hopefully he can start getting it going. He got his own guys there. But it's it's gonna be a tough, gonna be a tough battle there at Auburn. But hopefully they'll be able to figure it out. Um Ole Miss uh shut out uh Georgia Tech uh 42 nothing. Uh of course uh, old, uh let's see, yeah, uh yeah, that Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, going at Western Michigan. You know, that was actually pretty cool. You know, that, that crowd, they could have gotten, you know, a little, you know, out of sorts, but they did just that. They were yeah. able to do, you know, they were able to play very well, you know, against them 34-13. That was pretty cool. Uh, to the Big Ten, what the heck happened to Northwestern? They lose to – What the happened? Southern Illinois, so Lucas, this is a theme of this show here, you guys. Uh, Southern, yeah. Southern Illinois, uh, they look that they're – look, you know, credit, credit to the Salukis. I mean, they were – look. I was afraid of this. This would happen. I know that uh, a lot of Northwestern fans, look, that one against Nebraska, that's not looking very good for you guys right now, is it? No. Nope. Unfortunately. Nope. Uh, you know, good you know, good job for Nick Hill and that program. I know uh, Mark Silverman, who's a Saluki grad, he was, you know, you know, dancing, you know, with the Saluki. So it was actually yeah. pretty cool. And and I think he and his sons were at the game. So I no one, a couple of players were kind of, you know, right there, whether he's close to one of the players too. But that was a, that was a nice win for them, that program. I think, Look, that thing, that that program, I think, is on its way up. I feel like. Yeah, in Northwest, as you mentioned, remember I opened up that question on Friday, Lakina. They couldn't possibly lose this game, could they? <laughs> and look what happened. They had a couple of big turnovers, especially in that fourth quarter where Southern Illinois scored 14 points. Evan Hall did his thing for the Wildcats, 25 carries for 124 yards in a touchdown. But Lakina was the defense for Northwest, so along with those turnovers that let let the whole mm-hmm. team down. Yeah, yeah, no, well, that that. You know, Slugs propelled them in that win. So it wasn't a good yeah. good uh, day for the Big Ten West. Uh, Purdue lost to Syracuse. They're they're undefeated. I know, I know our buddy Dave Kerner, you know, he's a Syracuse yeah. grad from WBBM. He's a Syracuse grad. I know he's he had other Syracuse grads too, you know, Jordan Burnfield. He's also a Syracuse grad from uh WGN mm-hmm. Radio. We gotta get him we gotta get him back on the show at some point. Uh look, Dino Babers got his team playing very well. They're three and a lot of people didn't really didn't think too much that Syracuse would do too much this year. They're doing just that. They beat mm-hmm. Purdue. So, Purdue, what happened? <laughs> shout out to, shout out to an old friend of the Dean Davis show, uh, Lauren Lacka. She's a news anchor up there at WGN. She's a Purdue grad. And I know she wears her heart on her sleeve room for uh, for Purdue. And I know she's feeling it right now. Uh, Lakina, I want to ask you another question about another Big Ten team. Um, they barely escaped Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, on Saturday, 33 mm-hmm. to 30, the yeah. Indiana Hoosiers. Remember, they had that surprise uh, start to the season a couple years ago, and everybody thought they was going to go into the Big Ten title game. It didn't happen. Northwestern took their spot. But do you see a similar uh, – Similar season from the Hoosiers, or you have to wait until they uh, I, get through yeah, the Big I, Ten yeah, play. I, yeah, I gotta wait till they start Big Ten play okay. before we start, you know, doing the whole thing. Will they? Will they sneak up on people like they did last 
last year. I, I don't know. I can't really say. You know, I know Penix is. You know, I said Penix is is gone. So you know he's gone to watch this. So like I I don't know what's gonna you know what's gonna be for that one. But uh, we'll mm-hmm. have to wait and see. I mean the talent is there. So I, like I said, well we'll see. Like I said, they're not they're not. I don't think they're gonna sneak on sneak up on people like they did last year. I think people we we saw we literally we seen them struggle. They're the first three games this year they've struggled. So. You know, yeah. we'll see what happens uh, there. Uh, Virginia had to hold off ODU almost. Uh, ODU almost pulled a double there by the end. They beat Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago. They could have beat Virginia, but, you know, they just mm-hmm. missed that down on that one. Notre Dame gets their first win of the season uh, by you know, holding off Cal. Thanks a lot, Cal. <laughs> had y'all picking that game. Oh, poor. I feel bad for Jeremiah Hunter, though, from Cal. I mean, he had – there was a Hail Mary pass that, that, that uh, Jack Plummer uh, threw. Had it right there in his stomach. Just couldn't secure it, which could have been you know, forced overtime and such. But oof, that, that's, I, I'm, I'm sure he's having nightmares about that one. But yeah, you get, you know, Marcus Freeman gets his first win as Notre Dame head coach. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. She hates him more than I do on this program. Go figure. <laughs> Just a couple of the uh, results to pass along to you guys from the weekend. Northern Illinois, they're one and two. They, they lose to Vanderbilt at home in DeKalb. 38-28. Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, I might have to jump on their bandwagon this year looking. You know, I like P.J. Fleck. They mm-hmm. dominated Colorado 49-7. And could Wisconsin. Be the, yeah, look, could be a favorite. In the day, but they give Wisconsin a run for their money in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of West. Wisconsin, they take care of New Mexico State 66-7. Also, Tulane uh, upsets Kansas State 17-10. A nice win for that program. I know they've had a tough going on with Katrina and all this stuff has gone on after that. Mm-hmm. So, a nice win for them in that program. Uh, Sid, what happened to your uh, buddy Herm Edwards uh, losing to Eastern Michigan? I know he uh, got the pink slip and link card. <laughs> not yeah, good. Yeah the, yeah, the yeah the AD was waiting on him, you know, near the end of that uh, game, and that's not good. <laughs> I mean, no shade to the Eastern Michigan Eagles, but and I know that right. Arizona State is, you know, they're going through uh, uh, some investigations. There might be in big trouble with the NCAA. But I'm thinking. I'm that, sure they got a, they got some they got some information like uh, let's let's get a head start before the hammer comes down. That's how I read into it. <laughs> I yeah, I think it was that loss to the Eagles, Eastern Michigan. No shade, but they're 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 picked up. Yeah, that was the, the last straw. Yeah, that was that was the last straw. I think, but again, yep. yeah, we'll we'll see. Yep. So there's your uh, anything else that surprised you or disappointed you from week three of college football. Uh, let me see. Really, I mean, Hawaii got a nice win against Duquesne. You know, Timmy Chang. You know, you know. Hopefully, this will get the things going there. Arizona uh, with a good win against a very good North Dakota State squad. That I, I watched a little bit of that game. That's a nice win for them. A lot of people thought. I think a lot of people in Arizona did probably didn't think they could win that game since you know, of course, we saw we know their success and such. You know, Carson Wentz came out of that school. Mm-hmm. You know, Trey Lance as well, but. They, that, that's a nice win for Arizona. That could be like a nice little jump start to that program again. Uh, Iowa scored 27 points. Yay! They should have is still there. <laughs> Yay! Woo! So, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's about it. I mean, uh, Louisiana State uh, uh, held off Mississippi State. You know, they pulled away from them. Uh, Washington State. That could look, they could definitely have a sale. Who was that? Yeah, you know, that Pac-12 uh, North. They uh, held, you know, you know, handle Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, and uh, Houston. Houston loses to Kansas. Uh, we'll talk. They're going to be. Uh, there's going to be a, a matchup coming up on Saturday. 
uh, between uh, Kansas, Kansas and Duke. We'll talk more about that on Friday. And no, college who season has not started yet, folks. So I'll just because <laughs> you know, it's strange because real quick because uh, they're they're uh, two of their star wide receivers were kind of going they're fighting each other on the sidelines. You saw that, Sid. Uh, look, losing the Kansas that Sunday. Yeah, they lost. Yeah, they had. Uh, I think Kansas had uh, scored like 28, 29 answer points then. So, yeah. That 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 that, that gets you. Yeah, Lizzie can't do it, but Lance Leopold's got they got, they got that. He's got that program going, so they could be. And I say they'll be well with the Big Twelve, but they 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 may have a say on who wins it, though. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Quick update for you, White Sox fans. A uh, uh, baseball. Uh, score update top six in Cleveland. Uh, the, the Guardians are holding on to a now a 4 3 lead. Nick Gordon for the Minnesota Twins has just hit a solo shot to kick off the sixth inning for the Twins once again. 4 3 Cleveland in the top of the six as uh, the Sox are trailing Cleveland by three and a half games. If Cleveland wins, the lead will grow to four games, but the Twins should come back and win. It'll, the lead for Cleveland will go down to three games. Lakina, it's now time for around this time. We do it every Monday. It's time for Old School TV Monday. And this week we will salute the NBC Saturday morning TV sitcom, California Dreams. California Dreams is an American teen sitcom that aired on NBC and it premiered on its network Saturday morning block TNBC on September 12th, 1992. Created by writers Brett, Brett Dewey and Ronald B. Solomon, executive produced by Peter Engel, all known for their work on Saved by the Bell. The series centers around the friendships of, of a group of teenagers shifting towards a multi-ethnic makeup beginning with the show's second season, who form a fictional, uh, fictional band. The series ran for five years, airing its final episode on December 14, 1996. The series featured 40 original songs performed by the band throughout the show's run, primarily written by Steve Terrell. Lakina, many people said this show was saved by the bell, i.e. A, a traveling band. It was true. We talked about it before. We were exclusively doing our podcast. It, it was a very good show. You have very different uh teenage uh, young actors in this case from various mm -hmm. backgrounds uh, you had your typical storylines you had your different styles of music that they performed on the show of course mm -hmm. remember uh, it was based on a, on the uh, Iowa family that moved from Iowa to California during the first two seasons of course by season three uh, those original members from that fa the Garrison family were gone and so they brought in Sam in season two along with Jake Summers remember he was the tough guy yep. Jake Summers yeah. never does numbers. <laughs> he was brought on in season two, of course. Do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, my girl, Diana Uribe, i.e. Lorena Costa. Mm. I had a crush on that girl. And she, <laughs> she, she debuted in season three. And, of course, in my opinion, the show really took off from there. And did I watch the first two seasons? Yes. Uh, they had a cool thing happening. But uh, when Lorena Costa uh, started on that show in season three, in my opinion, that's when that show really took off. Yeah, well, I, well, yeah, I'm sure you feel that way, Sid. But uh, <laughs> I like the original. I mean, like, I like the original concept of the show. You, know, you got the Midwestern family. You know, you got you know going out west. You know, you have the garage. The son has a garage. Man, he gets his you know his sister to sing with him. I'm gonna get a couple of friends mm -hmm. and such, of course. But then you know, the, the, of course, you know that they started getting phased out in the like you know in the last you know the second season. You didn't see the parents mm -hmm. very much. You know, the the, the son was gone. The, the youngest son, I should say, Dennis, he was gone. So yeah. and then, of course, you know, Jenny left in season in uh, the the second episode, the third episode, I should say, of season three. Then they brought mm -hmm. in Sam, and then you know all the other you know, you know, and then Matt left. You know, still no, I'm still trying to figure out like what happened there, but we'll probably never know what happened in that one. But then they brought Mark's cousin in, 
oh no, Mark, Mark, you know, Sly's cousin, and you know, he's a big yeah. prodigy, so that helped a little bit. And they, a lot of them, they did their own singing and some of their own songwriting too. So I think that really made mm -hmm. it more authentic. That was pretty cool. So you know, Jake, you know, Jake Summers, Jake Summers says do this. You know, they soft this character up a little bit. Of course, I actually liked you know. It's too bad that we didn't get a chance to see him and Jenny together because I thought they had great chemistry. But once they put mm -hmm. him and Tiffany together, that's like, oh, okay, you know, totally different, you know, personality. You got the, you know, the sweet, you know, sweet, you know, kind Tiffany, nice Tiffany, you know, does charitable work. And so, so you got the rough around the edges, you know, you know, you know, rocker like Jake. You know, they actually did, you know, they actually mesh well together. Of course, you had, you know, Tony mm -hmm. Wicks, you know, the, the cool, suave, you know, charismatic, you know, guy. Yeah, he was not a stereotypical black character. He was actually the no. cool guy on the show. Yeah. Even though his yeah, character was from South Central Los Angeles, he was right. a cool dude. He was not, you know, yeah, he was not a buffoon, no pun intended, but no. he was no, not no, no, your no. typical. Yeah. Right. And yeah, he was a stereotypical like guy from South Central that moved to like a nice area in Los Angeles or, or, or should I say Southern California? I think they were, they were in Palisades, California, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sly was you know, the rich, you know, the, you know, the spoiled rich you know, guy, but had the heart of gold. I know you guys still got a crush on him to this day. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. He actually, yeah, he actually, actually became the father for the first time, Michael Cade. So uh, he and his lovely wife had a, a baby daughter earlier this year. So congrats. congrats. I, followed him on, I followed him on Instagram, too. That's why, that's why I know that. And I do. He's like, yeah, he still looks great, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but, but, look, you know, look, no shit. Look, Kelly Packer looks great, too. I mean, you know, she, she, I've seen her in some stuff recently. She actually looks pretty good. She went on to do Baywatch and you know, so yeah. she's mm -hmm. you know, lovely, looking lovely uh, too. Uh, Aaron Jackson, I think he's now an acting coach now too, the guy who played Mark. So, and also, I think, I think, I think, uh, J. Anthony, J. Anthony Frank K., I think, who also uh, played, uh, who played uh, Jake, I think he's also an acting coach too, I believe. I, I read somewhere. So that's pretty cool. And, and, and uh, you saw the little thing that, that they did with Jimmy Fallon, where they all, the, all the original cast members, you know, sung together. Yeah, except for Lorena. You know, yeah, Lorraine wasn't there. I thought I was kind of like kind of. I know, I know you were. I know you were disappointed. You were disappointed in that I'm sure that yeah. you know, was not there. But they all look really good. You know, they're all doing very well. I think some of them are still acting. So I think that's really, uh, really cool. But it was kind of like Saved by the Bell meets, I guess, like you know, the band. I guess you know, like you know, mm -hmm. the cool, you know, the, the kind of band. You know, they did all different kinds of music. Like you said, they had the pop and the rock, and they did, of course, did hip hop with Tony. But yeah. you know, I think it was definitely one of it was kind of like definitely. I feel like that's it a very underrated TNBC uh, show. I think we all remember Saved by the Bell and Saved by the New Class, like we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. Of course, City Guys. It was more like more the edgier. You know, we'll, yeah. I'm sure we'll get mm -hmm. to that at some point. That show at some point. But this was still like you know, light. But okay, yeah, they, they of course they dealt with issues. They dealt with drinking. They dealt with. Uh, Gambling. It was like actually one of the first shows. Actually, you know, first uh, Saturday morning uh, live action shows to actually deal with gambling. So with, right. with Sly was involved. So yeah. So you know they did like some you know of course a typical like sitcommy stuff. But it was actually it was fun. It was cool. He had great songs. A lot. I know a lot of the episodes were on YouTube. I wish they had on Peacock. Duh. That would have made yeah. a little bit mm -hmm. sense. Come on NBC. But uh, yeah. yeah. So I I really like TV. I, I really like California Dreams. Like a very underrated show and. and yeah, it, it, it was. Yeah, it was definitely one of those cool, lighthearted shows that definitely kind of like filled the time for me on Saturday mornings. After yeah, I saw Bugs Bunny and uh, the Muppet ba ba Muppet Babies. Yeah, <laughs> and remember how that series ended? They were offered their record contracts and they all yeah. turned it down. It's like, uh, we gotta go just dis discover ourselves. And that they were yeah. trying to fight for so long to get a contract, they were offered a contract, and Jake wanted to keep the band together, and the rest of them was like, nah, we gotta go our, our separate ways. But just like you said, Lakeen, I remember Saturday mornings. Remember locally here in Chicago, you had your um, they had the Today Show. I think that was the first network to have network news on Saturday mornings, you know, going into yeah. the 90s. They had the Today yeah. Show, then you had your local news, 
And then at 10 o'clock, it will say by the bell. Even when a new class premiere, we talked as we talked about last week, mm-hmm. it will say by the bell at 10 o'clock, 10:30 California Dreams, then 11 a.m. Yep. was NBA Inside Stuff. <laughs> yep. And then like after that, I think it was like, like, like hang time and one of one Right, like, when those programs came in. Yep. A yeah, couple of years later, yep. they kind of, they, they mm-hmm. kind of switch some of that around, but yeah, we gotta do like a whole, like the whole, like old school team of Saturday morning cartoons. Cause, oh yeah, you know, we'll we'll definitely do that we'll at some definitely, point. We gotta do yeah, that. Yeah, we'll because, do that at some like, point. Yes, we gotta do that because uh, I think this generation is missing out. Yes, but like, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I'm sure at some point, but yeah, the California mm-hmm. trees, like, like I said, it was yeah, it was it would be nice if they all those you know, all those shows kind of intertwined, especially the ones that are in the what left coast. Uh, you had you know, you know base you know the Bayside kids you know their band the Zach Attack going against mm-hmm. California Dreams that would been that would have been a very, a very interesting uh, little concept there a little battle of the bands state battle of the bands kind of thing that would have been interesting especially if the new class I know I know a couple of folks from the new class could sing too in real life so yeah that would have been a cool uh, thing but yeah I mean yeah I mean, look I think like I said California Dreams like another one of those Saturday live action show, live action shows that doesn't get their due. And mm-hmm. yeah, and look, I, I remember that last episode, like you said, said I think, I think, like, 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 I think it was a natural progression. I think a lot of them kind of grew up and evolved. I think, I think, uh, Tony and Sam ended up going to, I think, like, going out to like Europe or something like that. I know that Mark ended up going to Carnegie Hall and Juilliard. And I know mm-hmm. Lorena and uh, Sly, who finally got together, they ended up going to college together. And yeah, I the last Tiffany, season. Yep. Yeah, Tiffany and uh, Jake kind of went their separate ways too. So, you know, it was, it was, it was like, I think it was like a natural progression, I think. So, but, yeah, what 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 do you, you think about that as like kind of the years went on as the show kind of like changed a little bit and kind of like you know grew and evolved real quick? Yeah, yeah, like you said, uh, the storylines got better. Like I said, you had your different uh, personalities, or different characters, not just from an ethic uh, standpoint, but from a personality standpoint as well. You mentioned Sly. I really like Sly. He was a slick character, mm-hmm. but uh, everybody got him as he got everybody. Like I said, Tony mm-hmm. Wicks was the cool dude. I really like Sam too. She was yeah. a foreign exchange student. Her and Tony were together through the middle of that series, uh, toward, uh, and then towards the end when that show shut down. So they had some uh, some fun times in, like I said, some serious storylines as well. But uh, I thought that show did a very good job with balancing all that out. Yeah, and I like it, it kept it funny too. I mean, I think that, I'm sure that had yeah. not been easy trying to do like an issue oriented show by while like keeping it funny and not being too preachy about mm-hmm. it. So I think no, they were actually one of the few shows that actually did that well. So. Yeah, you can actually you can catch. I think the first two or three seasons are available on DVD, and I know there's some episodes that are available here on YouTube. But like you say, Peacock, come on, put the whole series oh, out on. so people come can on. watch. You got, yeah, you got saved by the bell on there. Like, come on, let's get get all these TMB shows on here too. I mean, duh. Yeah. Like my friend Bree said, I mean, it's natural. So, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we salute on our old school TV Monday. We salute California Dreams. Yes. And. And with that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. And make sure you download that download um, that Sports on Chicago app. I think I said that already. Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WARR Media on all social media platforms. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And before we forget, Sid, I know our uh, some of our friends who cover, cover the media will probably yell at us. <clears throat> 
for not mentioning this, but congrats to the Las Vegas Aces for winning mm-hmm. their first uh, championship in uh, franchise history. They are the fourth team in league history to win MVP. Asia Wilson won MVP, Coach of mm-hmm. the Year, Becky Hammond. And at the time, all in the same year, the first year since the Seattle Storm did it back in 2010. So salute to the salute to all the ladies there. Gil Kelsey Plum's on that yes. team too as well. So could this perhaps maybe open some opportunities for Becky Hammond in the NBA? We'll see her first year there. They win the championship. Also, Asia Wilson won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Now she has the MVP now, uh, adding to her great growing resume. So uh, salute to the uh, Las Vegas Aces as well. Yes, salute to the champions, the Las Vegas Aces. Don't forget, you can catch Second City Sports live at 11 Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Old Chicago. One more again, as you young folks would say. Catch Second City Sports live at 11 Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Old Chicago. And don't forget also to we're on Roku TV. So if you got a Roku. Roku! If you got a Roku uh, app on your television, on your smart TV, or your smart device, or on your remote, just go on there. You know, you know, type in the search in the box for Sports Zone Chicago. It's right there. It's right there. All the other apps: Netflix, Prime, and HBO Max. And oh, look, and if not, look, you can still you can get through your all uh, your whatever smart device you got, whether it's your laptop or PC or mm-hmm. smart TV, your smart your smartphone or whatever device you got, or even a smart speaker. I think I, I read that you get a smart speaker too as well. So make sure you check us out on Roku TV. There's no excuses, no excuses. So make sure you catch Sports on Chicago on Roku TV. Celebrate with the squad, get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now also available on Roku TV, live and on demand, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. All right, enjoy all the the games, uh, guys, because you got the baseball. Of course, you got too many night games. You know, you know tonight, and of course, you also got the you know, baseball. You're getting to like independent chases. So let's go. For Sid and Lakeen, enjoy these last couple of weeks of summer because it, you know, it's gonna crash. The temperature gonna crash, crash quick, folks. So if you're not getting vaccinated, <laughs> but still, you know, wear a mask, wash your hands, man. Be good, be, be good to each other. This has been Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Till then, go Sox, holla. <laughs>